I'm Ryan Stegman, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. There we go. Nicely done. He just jumped right over the, the start. Oh boy. I am very happy to be here with y'all. I hope so. I needed this. When do we go? That's, you know, it's so silly to say that I needed this. We always need this. This is our thing. It's our cure all. It is. It's iconic. It's, yeah, our no, head of business development was like, oh man, can you stay in the city tonight for some drinks with some people? I'm like, nah, dude. He's like, why? I'm like, I got it. Oh, Oh, you shut him down? He's like, wait, I thought you recorded on Wednesday, so I didn't do it last night. I'm like, oh, my man. I'm like, I'm like my, my dude Vince, his daughter graduated from the high school. But we... uh, no, you did not use me. I did. Did you? Oh, I feel bad. Why? I don't know. I, I, you know me, I'm not a boat rocker. I'm no, a no, I mean, if you asked if you should have told me the day or two ago, I could have made it work. Got to go record, son. I got to stop being such a people pleaser, because you know what? It only gets me walked on. It's though. true. We're the only two people in your life that don't walk all over you. That is true. I would have to agree with that. <laughs> Maybe a little Vinny. No, I would have to agree with that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Vinny doesn't walk all over you. You just let him walk all over you. You, you let him. Yeah. You just let him get away with murder. I'm here in the residence in my head now, thanks to you. Walk all over you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We would never walk all over you because you are our wonderful listeners. And this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 424. And I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am so glad to hear your voice, my man. I am David A. Price. Yes, you Talk are. After. And I'm everyone's favorite man from the sea. I'm Jabberjaw. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, you're not. You're Jason <laughs> Wood. You're cute as a cartoon, though. It's true. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't have to swim the seven seats to get cheap comic books and bric-a-brac. All you got to do is shimmy on over to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, where you will be awarded with a plethora of discounted stuff, such as, yes, it's true, the list is up, they heard our pleas. You can get in on the ground floor of this new Blue Beetle series from DC. Both Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes are in this thing. The cover price is what? two ninety nine. Respect DC, keeping it low. But you can bring it home for what? Tell them. One forty nine. A dollar forty nine. You will save fifty percent off the cover price. From our friends at Dark Horse, we have a new Witchfinder series, mini series that is. It's called City of the Dead. It was written by Mike Mignola and Chris Roberson. Art is by the amazing Ben Stenbeck. Yes. Um, I get back to, yes, Baltimore fame. Um, and this is 350 cover price, but that is not what you're going to pay. Uh, of course not. You will get it for half that. $1.75. Last, but certainly not least, sorry for that little interruption. Uh, let's throw some names at you. David Walker, Sanford Green. It's true. The first collected edition of the Brand Spank and New Power Man and Iron Fist is offered in this edition of previews, and you can get it for not seventeen ninety nine. It does collect the first six issues of the new series, which respect Marvel again. Seventeen ninety nine is not bad for six issues. 
you can bring this home. I hope you're sitting down because this is really this is a big deal. Eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Eight ninety nine. That's insane. Crazy. Less than the price of four issues. Pretty much the same price as Marvel Civil War two number one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Discount comic. I didn't either. Discount comic book service does not mind late orders or order editions, and you get your book shipped all nice and secure, and they kiss the box before they send it out right to your home. Nothing can be easier mm-hmm. than this. DCBService.com. And for you Walmart haters, this is a small family-owned business to boot. Yeah. yeah. Although I did see comics at the Walmart. The mom and the pop. You go to the Walmart? Yeah. Literally a mom and pop shop. Nice. Why? I don't live at the Walmart. I go there when you I know? need stuff. No, we prefer Target. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Uh, the cat food have, like, and litter and stuff, I mean, it's like mad cheap or yeah, shampoo don't have and a, shit, but yeah, otherwise. I'm like, no Walmart. Yeah, I do that I BJ's joint. Love no. the BJ's. The BJ's. I like them too, but I haven't, yeah, I haven't been at the BJ's for quite a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got a little funny story, a little, too, a little warm-up story. Uh, yes, it does. Nice. So, the, uh... <laughs> Everything better. I went to see uh, a concert this week with my lovely wife and a bunch of friends. And there was, uh, I think, 17 or 18 of us, a bunch of couples. <laughs> so we Tell them what to see. What? Tell the people who you went to see. Let's see Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> <laughs> I would wish that on my worst uh, enemy. Anyway, that's that's how they're going over there. But we were heading into the stadium, and there were a bunch of steps to walk up. It's an open-air theater. And... uh. One of the wives said to her husband, like, man, there's too many steps. Like, you know, why don't you give, why don't the husbands give us all peebacks? And then, uh, and, Ooh. and then she, and then the husband said, uh, said like, no, just, you know, uh, like, I'm not carrying you walk. And she's like, what if there was a blowjob in it for you? And he goes, nope, still not interested. And then I was what? like, whoa, I'm like, hold on a second here. I'm like, my man, I'm like, the cosmic universes have spoken. I'm like, I feel like it is a crime against all things to ever let the offer of oral pleasure yeah. not be dismissed. And he was like, it's true. He's like, it's fully transferable. I was like, get on the back. I'm like, let's do this. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you carried his wife? Did not, but he was making the joke. And I oh. said, listen, I said, in the cosmic way, I, I think it's an absolute crime to let this thing go sure. un- un- unclaimed. So. I would do it if there was some kind of coupon involved. Right. Exactly, like a yeah. trade-in. It was like this allows you know this coupon allows the bear to receive one gratification from my wife anytime you want it. Yeah, shit, I'll carry your wife. Absolutely, as long as she's not thick. She, then yeah, this woman's thin and perfect shape. Oh my goodness, probably like a hundred pounds. I would have done. Did you see Raph there getting a salad tossed? <laughs> I wanted to die. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I love those guys. Uh, All right, let's do the drink roll call before we get uh, mired in uh, offshoots. Seriously? Yeah. What are you drinking? With me? Mm-hmm. I'm actually, doing a little something different this time. All right. I am drinking some Macallan. Cool. Yeah. How is it? It's pretty good, actually. Oh, that's not a very good description. You got to win me over. Well, it's, I mean, it's scotch. It's, I mean, I, I don't know. It's a well-known scotch. It's not like. Does it burn? No, no, no. It's good, man. I mean, it's. Uh, I think I'm developing a taste for scotch a little bit. I must have like a very sensitive 
uh, palate, do you want to call it? Because whenever I drink anything that's not beer or wine, it burns like a son of a bitch. Well, this is, this is smooth. I mean, this is a smoother, a smoother type of scotch. (laughs) Okay, cool. David, what are you, uh, sipping on? Uh, not scotch. I am, uh, I just poured the last of that same bottle of gnarly head authentic black that I started last week. Ah, conceptual continuity. Yeah, you, I love you're it. taking it slow on the vino, huh? Uh, well, I was nursing the, uh, the Redwood Creek during the week and then I had, uh, a couple of, uh, belts of bullet bourbon the other night. Aha, there we go. Bang, bang. Mix it up, mix it up. Bang, bang. Okay. I have to admit at the moment I am not drinking anything. Yes, because my, my drink of choice for this episode is being brought to me mm. by my daughter, and I think she's home now. She's going to pick up the boy, and she said, hey, you want me to stop and get you a cup of coffees? And I'm like, yeah. I never turned down McDonald's coffee, and there's two large McDonald's coffees coming right now. That is so exciting. Product placement. Yes. Oh, if we ever got oh, McDonald's as a sponsor, that would be awesome. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm, and see, I'm not lying, though. I think their coffee is the absolute best. It's not the best, but it is good. I've never had it. You always got to say that. Because I have to qualify. You yeah. think it's the best. I do not. Dad, you know what I'm up on? I'm all what? up on that cold brew, son. Cold brew? Starbucks cold brew. Yeah. Oh, I can't drink cold coffee. No way. Dude, no, it's good. It's got, with a little it's bit, toxic. they put a little splash of vanilla sweet cream in it. That's nice. That's nice. I'm going to have to it's try really it. Nice. In, the, in it, too? What? The umbrella. The umbrella. No umbrella. It's all man. No? It's all manly, baby. <laughs> All right, let's do some comics because we got a lot to cover before guest. our guest gets here. Yes, we have a special guest this weekend. Let's jump. And right when in. I say special, I really mean special. It's a man so awesome that two names are not. Now, I mean, just that's you just love to spoil. You're a spoiler. It's surreal. Wetting their whistle. Two names are not enough to contain all this man's. Yes, he's a serial killer. Yeah, he needs three. James Earl Jones, uh, everybody. Let's. <laughs> A little quick in the beginning here. Let's do um, something we have been uh, deficient on covering, okay. and it's a crime because we were all hopped up on the DC Hanna Barbera books. Yes, when they were originally solicited, and then as they were coming out, for whatever reason, we didn't talk about them. You're well, right. They, well, I didn't read mine arrived last week. Yeah, my, mine arrived with the last DCBS box, which came I, right I after did, Memorial Day. Too. Yeah. yeah. And um, I have to eat crow not once but twice. Oh, you do, Whoa, yeah. Okay. Twice. <laughs> okay. Yes, this is taking, yes. a, taking a, left, a big left turn on Albuquerque. Oh, yes. yes. Because I, I was a little... I was a little put off by the Scooby Apocalypse, the cover. Oh, oh. Okay. I was, All, right. I was, All right, we're going in a different direction. Okay, cool. Oh, off by, no, it's coming though, boo. Even it is coming. Even when I had the book in my hands and I read it the first time, the first pass was not enough. Yeah, you actually said to, it was you weren't sure if you liked it or not. No, I read it. I don't know if I like it or not. I, I, I'm, I'm, I was a little stunned because it was so different right. what I expected it to be. But taking into account the creative team of Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis, right. I'm also simultaneously reading Justice League 3000. Okay. Which is, which is absolutely fantastic, by the way. And it's very similar to this book. It is a wordy bitch. It is. When Giffen and DeMatteis get together, the words, they, they like must get paid, paid by the letter, I think, because there is a ton of dialogue in both of these titles. But, but 
Not to its detriment, though. I don't think. And I think like Dickens, paid by the word. <laughs> very, pretty much, very similar to the way um, Kevin McGuire worked with them way back when. The artists seem to know how to accommodate yeah. so many word balloons. Thank you again. You're dismissed. Get going. <laughs> Just get going. You're not. You get out of my studio. Congratulations. Uh, they said congratulations, Nina. Oh, thank you. She's, you heard her. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's my boy. Um, yeah, but you, there's another similarity between these two. What happened? Who'd we lose? No one. Uh, you sure about that? You hear that? We lost. Oh, we lost that. Yeah. Well, we'll just talk while we're getting. Maybe get the powers out again. Oh shit, no. <laughs> We'd hear him scream all the way here. Uh, the, another similarity between these two books is the appearance of Howard Porter. And I gotta apologize to Howard Porter. Okay. Because I, I, there was a time when I just did not like, well, I shouldn't really apologize. Um, I didn't really like his artwork. Mm-hmm. When he was doing the, the JLA stuff with Morrison, I didn't think it was solid at all. I didn't know how an artist of then, his caliber, could ever get on a book with Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. Because Morrison was the shizzle back then, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted to work with him, and he was kicking uh, Fanny on, on Justice League, and it was a big book, and Howard Porter, and I didn't understand it. I wish this Howard Porter was the Howard Porter that was working on that Justice League with Morrison, because this guy is phenomenal. I agree. I I don't have as much experience with Porter, because I didn't read as much DC, and I, he was more of a DC guy. But I, too, do remember the Justice League, and I, I guess I didn't have a negative view of Porter. I viewed him as... Um, and you're going to hear this a lot this this evening if we keep talking about different comics for me. Um, I viewed him as a workmanlike. I was that's the word I would yeah, use too. He, like not, he was solid, but not very stylistic. Right, no one that's going to draw you to a book, but no one that's probably right. going to turn you off of a book either. And okay. I have to agree with you. I think he has. Well, I don't want to be hyperbolic and say he's never looked better, but but I I don't recall him looking this good in a long long time. You you really need to read Justice League three thousand. Okay. If you thought if you thought the art on Scooby Apocalypse was good, it is about fifty percent of what he brings to Justice League Three Thousand. Okay, it's it is incredible, Sweet. right? Um, did you notice on the splash page the uh, Dino Mutt? Um, I don't recall. I guess I don't because I don't. I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, he's right in the foreground. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and um, I'm, I'm guessing I don't have the issue here handy yet because I read it. Maybe that that woman is supposed to represent what is it, Blue Falcon? Because she looks oh, kind of kind of sort of. She's got feathers and the visor. I and, see it because Birdman's in the in this in the universe too, and maybe they don't want to have. Yeah, but that's definitely Dino Mutt. Cool. Um, no, I thought this issue was phenomenal because, like I said, the second time it was phenomenal. Once I picked up on 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 the. The, the nuances in it, the, the, giving us a plausible explanation as to why a dog can talk. Yes. That's good for me. Uh, Dap is back. Why don't we bring him in? Okay, cool. Because we took that for granted. Sure. With, well, the, yeah. with the Scooby cartoon. Like, okay, the dog mimics speech. Right. It's just a thing. It's a cartoon. Anything's possible. But giving us a plausible explanation as to why he can understand words and communicate, that and it worked for me. Absolutely. And, and another thing that, that also worked was the emoticons. The visor with the yeah. emoticons. Well, the, that's great. The thing I liked about the, the thing, too, is that they did it in such a nuanced way, right, where Scooby is essentially the first of a 
lack of a, like a super soldier program for dogs, but he's right. the first, and 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 the 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 scientific group considers him basically a failure. So he's he's because he's not a killing machine, and his brain isn't fully evolved, which is why he kind of talks like we know him from the cartoon, which is right. simplistically and chi- like a child. But then you've got all these other dogs, which are able to um, kick ass, take names, and speak much much clearer. So, and then you've got Shaggy, who is introduced as the um, very smart but slacker guy who gets hired to be a dog trainer, and he bonds with Scooby. So again, that explains their relationship. And then you've got Fred and Daphne, and Daphne is the star of a reality show that is a failed reality show, and Fred is her mm-hmm. counterpart, and I guess lover, right? I mean, they don't. Do they? I don't. I don't. I think he pines for right, her, maybe. but I don't yeah. think he reciprocates. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then he's her, but he's her cameraman, and she's trying to get them off of a, a basically a, a fifth tier TV network that uh, nobody watches. And and then Velma, which is interesting, right? Velma is the <clears throat> she is one of the scientific heads of this of this um, covert scientific organization, and was in charge of the program with the dogs, and she decides to become a whistleblower. Because, because um, they, the 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 uh, four or five, no four, They're four now. Well, yeah, but there was five. I think but, she may have been one of them. Yeah, I assume oh. she was the fifth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because she catches herself. She was about to say right. Five and she says four. Right. And again, I I got to compare this to Justice League three thousand because no, there are five bigwigs, and and it's it's so. The proximity between these two series in publishing time is really close. So maybe Giffen and DeMatteis brought a little bit of that mojo from Justice League 3000. There are five people behind the scenes in Justice League 3000, and there are five right. in this. So it's very similar. But um, the, the the scientists were cooking up um, a nanite cloud, which they were going to disperse at select locations around the globe and then activate in the hopes of jump-starting the human race for their own good, Correct. but it didn't turn out to be entirely altruistic. <laughs> and the uh, the nanites are activated, and humanity, I guess, those infused with the nanites, are turned into monsters. Which is awesome. The, of, of the classic vein. Because it gives we, us you know, an unlimited supply of them chasing that, down and hunting monsters. That's what I was thinking. Yes, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And um, that last page... Of the main story, they're all there. You, you have a werewolf. You got a, a creature from the Black Lagoon type, a ghoul, um, a mummy. I, you, yeah, a little bit of a Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster. You got some demon-esque creatures in the sky. It's a, just a great splash page. And um, there looks even to be a, a xenomorph um, egg pod in the in the foreground yeah. a little bit. So no, it. I was. I, I, I have to admit, I didn't want to like it. Wow. First I didn't, I did not want to like it. Haters gonna hate. And by the, the time I was done, about halfway through the second pass, it clicked. And I, 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 I'm loving it. I think it's great. I love it. I think it's too. a, yeah, I think it's a very smart take. If they could just get Jim Lee off the covers. Well, that's why they got the variants, I guess. But yeah, I, yeah. the, um, I'm glad I got it. I, I, bought the bundle because mm-hmm. and and for me i got the uh the joel i regret jones. buying the bundle but we'll get to that in a minute oh um the joel jones uh daphne cover but 
in case I did not like this, um, my friend Karen is a huge Scooby-Doo fan. So I figured this is a different take. She might get a kick out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if, since I only bought one issue of number two and will be of number three and so on. Um, it might be a while before she ends up getting the issues, but I, I really, really enjoyed this. Oh, great. So we are of one mind yeah, on that. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I, okay. I think it was awesome. I, I only needed one read through Vince, but yeah, it was a, uh, right, maybe I'm harder. No, I'm not harder. No, it's, you. it's, you know, <laughs> it's not true. I, I think with the first wave of, um, I think if you picked up Scooby Apocalypse or Future Quest, these are not the, the cartoons you grew up watching and, and enjoying. There, there are, there are different takes and we'll get into a third one later, but, um, the, uh, no, I thought, and you know, giving everybody a, an actual name and, and, and a purpose and, and, you know, just instead of just following, you know, four kids around and their dog in, in the mystery machine, you know, we're, we're getting, and they didn't, it, it was, Given and Dematteis are they're they know what they're doing. They they, Hell yeah. they were subtle and they didn't hit you over the head with as far you know everything was laid out. It, it was a great first issue to get you situated in this environment and what's going on. I mean, they had this the parody of the Burning Man thing going on to get you to to, to bring everybody together. I, I thought the setup with Scooby was was fantastic. It, it's uh, no, it I definitely. Definitely. This could be on the Oscars as far as you know your, your your biggest surprise of the year. Oh, definitely. So far, yeah, I'm yeah, with that. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I've always been a huge Scooby Doo fan as the cartoon, and I the thing about this issue that struck me is I don't know that we've ever seen their origin story before in any form. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing a story of them when they first got together. There's some tidbits in the movies, oh, like oh, the live action movies. movies? Yeah, oh, I've, I didn't. I've never seen them. What? I've never seen them. Oh, they're great. Really? Yeah. No, they're great. The, 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 the Daphne is more like the Sarah Michelle Geller. Well, Daphne I, I have seen one Scooby Doo movie, but it, it didn't involve their origin story, so. There's glimpses. <laughs> there's glimpses. I didn't say, I didn't say they told you. There's glimpses of them. No, 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 there weren't no, glimpses love, of their origin in the one I'm speaking of. There were glimpses, I, of, other, there were glimpses of other things. Oh, sure, wasn't you're talking about the dirty thing. Yeah. Axel Braun yeah. of the wind. And the guy they got to play Shaggy in the movies is like Matthew Lillard. The guy from Screen, Matthew Lillard, yeah, living embodiment of Shaggy. Yeah, he's the guy from Um, but okay, let's move on to another book before we. Yes. Yes. This was the one I was waiting for um the most. Yeah. Because of the presence of Doc Shainer uh, on well, art. It'd be fair too. Of of the three, this was the one I had no question was going to be. A lot of fun simply because this book was the breakout hit of the three. This is the one where I heard many other shows talk about glowingly and, and, and read a few reviews that all loved it. So I, I knew this one was going to be a, was a big hit universally. I was waiting the most for this because of the art, but the character to have Johnny Quest front and center is not a big draw for me. Same Never here. I, I always loved, I, I loved Space Ghost. I, uh, same here. I, I always, uh, you know, I loved, uh, Thunder the Barbarian. I loved the uh, Herculoids, all the stuff, yes. but I, I, I'm with you. I never was a huge fan of, of Johnny Quest and his crew. No, oh. I, I, I would actively turn it off whenever it came I out. I love the Kamiko series. Yeah. I, I, I remember you saying that. And again, I just, I shied away from it because 
it was um, Johnny Quest, even though Dave Stevens would pop up occasionally yeah, when Jade was gonna on be the on covers. Uh, even though um, Wally had a, uh, he, he he did an issue. So I mean, it was it, it was it definitely. If you were a fan of the cartoon, it it was pretty much the cartoon on paper. It was it was really really good. They got some, and they were done in ones. It was it was a fun time. It was Kamiko had a lot of. Um, they had Robotech, the, the three different Robotech series. They yeah. had, I mean, it, they had a lot of good Speed books race. that I was reading. Yeah, although was that no, that was now. Yes, now. Same, with, right. So was Terminator and Ralph Snar. But I mean, you know, it was it was a good time period. But yeah, no, Kamiko had a. Uh, they said Ralph Snar. <laughs> you gave me a little chubby. Uh, but anyway, yes, continue, guys. Oh, so that said, I, I had no idea of of the the uh, malevolence of this Doctor Zinn character. The, the only thing I know of Doctor Zinn are the battle drones, those eyeball like spider things. That's the one thing I knew because I would watch Johnny Quest just long enough for that intro to see the the giant spider eyeball things, which I thought were really cool, but I never really cared about the show. Um, I got to be completely honest. The guy's been making the comics for a long time. I consider him one of the all-time greats. Mm -hmm. Doc Shaner made Steve Rude look bad this issue. Whoa. I thought Shaner blew Steve Rude away. That's saying something. And I'm not saying Steve Rude's pages are bad. They're not, they're not primo Steve Rude, I don't think. I think some of them are, are awesome. Some of them are a little weak. Every single page that Shaner touched is awesome in this book. I'm, I'm not pumping the guy up. I would up agree on... with that. No, I would agree that, that, that Shaner knocked it out of the park every page and that some of Rude's work is, um, it's a little weak. Like the, the, the one page with the, um, the, the, the monologue with the, the view screen. Yeah. I think that page is really weak. It's, it's just, uh, I mean, it's, it's yeah, not that page even, is, but the page facing it. Where, uh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. But then you get the next page with, um, Birdman, yeah. you know, singing the praises. That's okay. It's all right. You know, it's, it, it's, it's good Steve Root, which is miles above most people. Right. And, but then, then you look at the pages, you know, pick any page that, that Shaner did. They're all super you solid. Know what I- Interesting. What I see a lot of in, on the Shaner pages is is John Severn. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. I do. I mean, there's I thought of it that course, way, but, but yeah, I see. That there are some, especially when you see um, Doctor Quest or um, or the page where uh, before Rude starts, where where Johnny and um, and Hodge are running from. Uh, when they see everything in the sky, but no, there are some, there are, it's, it's Shaner, but there are some faces that, that just mm-hmm. pop with, uh, with, with the Severn feel for me. But I will say, hmm. I mean, story-wise, great, really well-paced, fun, action-packed from start to finish. Got some nice glimpses into the other characters in a, in a way, again, that made sense, much like the Scooby-Doo made sense. This, this idea of how all these characters are going to cross over with each other makes sense because there's portals from other dimensions, which are overlapping now, so. Which was cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and no, I can't was... remember what's the name of the um, 
Triceratops looking thing that's from the Hercules? I could never remember that. Yeah, because there was a dead one, right? That was in the. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah, I, I doubt it's the one. No. But if you look in those portals, I mean, they're going to bring a hell of a lot of series into this thing. Well, at least, the, yeah, I mean, at least if the book lasts, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's it's in in trouble. I really well, I think this right. this was going to go for at least a year. Oh, I probably. Agree. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure they got that mapped out. No, and there's it's it doesn't. Whereas um, Scooby Doo set everything up. You know who all the players are. There's there was enough in Future Quest where you you really do need to get the next issue to continue the story. It, it this yeah. was a huge tease. It. it it well, yeah, I know. And I mean, right there, that you get to that last page, and it's like, well, now, now I just I got to see where we're going. Yeah. But I another thing, David. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I want to get this out of my mouth before I forget it. Wearingo. There's a lot of Wearingo in this book. Look at Johnny's expression, yeah, especially that for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I mean, I'm not saying he's aping Wearingo. No, no, I'm just saying yeah. the influences. He talks to the house. same school, though. That's why they're very clean line. Very, yeah. 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 Um, and so I have to say, I'm a little—I mean, I'm happily surprised, but I'm a little surprised you're as big a fan of Doc as you are, only because you seem to generally not enjoy really crisp, clean lines. And I think that Doc is super crisp and clean. But there are other guys that you like, like Rude, and 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 you like yeah, uh, you should, like Eminem, and Eminem's quite a clean line. So I guess you're yeah. But sometimes you don't. Like I should refine line. my dislike of clean line. Um, I don't like lackluster clean line okay, yeah. because there's a lot of guys working for dynamite that work in clean line and their stuff is just tepid. Sure. You know, and, 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 and there's some, well, I I, I'm not, I don't want to point it can just feel flat, right? Sure. If you don't have the knowledge and the experience behind it to back it up, you can, anyone can lay down a clean line. If it doesn't delineate something noteworthy or, or that connects yeah. with the, what the subject is, it's not going to work. Shane or but... strike you guys as one of those creators that is, I was going to say he's like Somni in that, um, but that's not a bad, good example because Somni is so prolific. Shane or I don't think has done that many big books or isn't all that prolific, but he seems to be one of those guys that his contemporaries all bow down. Like I feel like Shane or when his name is brought up, every other artist in the business genuflects to how awesome he is. I- I'll tell you, Shane is going to be a megastar. You're, you're seeing it right there on that page. If, if he can bring this into a career that, let's be honest, has not spanned all that much time. Right, right. Well, he uh, well gonna, he's been at it for a few years, but I, that's, I think you're right in that he hasn't, he, he doesn't, he's not a book a month kind of guy, at least he hasn't. No, he's, we're gonna be like the, the monkeys at the monolith with him. We're gonna be, we're gonna be freaking out because he's, he's, he's descending right now and we're seeing, yeah. he's, he is gonna be a monster. If, if there is a property that is kind of like tailor made for the artist, it, it is this. He, the, these yeah. characters just really seem to flow effortlessly from his past. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, no, this was another winner. If film. we're gonna touch on the last one, can we do it quickly? Dude, you're killing me. <laughs> killing me. I mean, Seriously, you're not kill- killing me at all. <sighs> so the last of the three of the three is is the Wacky Races. Yes, a book renamed, about which renamed the Wacky Race Land. Right. We were both. I think all of us were very vocal in our dislike for the previous. Right, and and I will ju- and I will justify that by saying that, um, as as you guys know, Wacky Races is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. I I, I and I own. I, I own very few gold key uh slabbed books, but I own Wacky Races number one in in a nine eight because I love the the series so much. So what I never would have thought we'd get another Wacky Races comic, but uh 
So when I saw the cover art and previews, I was just oh, crestfallen over it. Yeah, we all were. Yeah. Right. Where's the pigeon? There is no pigeon. Not yet. But that's that right, not yet, but that's okay. This is the one I have to eat crow on because I was very vocal in saying, uh, you know, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to touch it. It, uh, it it looks even though I I love um Manko's artwork. I always have. I think Manko's great. Um so Manko was the grease that opened the door or that at least turned the knob. I didn't hate it. You did not. Whew. I thought the I that making the cars smart cars with artificial intelligence was was a nice turn. I thought the fact that they didn't just tiptoe over the line, they, they jumped over it. I mean, this book is, is raw, it's violent, it's definitely, I, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's got a mature it's, bent. It does have a mature bent to it. There's a lot of bloodshed and violence in it. There are, there's, there's, uh, drinking, there's alcohol in it. So this was definitely, yeah, there, there, there's suggestive comments. Uh, it definitely is not for, the same audience that would consume the cartoon. No. <laughs> no. So that to me is, is a tick in the plus category because it, like if you're going to change the formula, why make it taste kind of the same? Just make something totally new. And that's what this is. They, they, they just said, fuck it. We're just going to do our take on wacky races and, and this is, this is what we get. The, the splash page is absolutely incredible. Come on, even though you didn't like the book, that splash page is amazing. The colors are fantastic on that splash page. Uh, the, the, the creepy coop? I want to see way more uh, of the creepy I, I, I didn't care for this book. I'll just leave it at that. I thought it was, woo, it, thought was, it, was every, it was everything I thought it would be from the preview images. Okay. I mean, I, I, I guess I, you, you, you speak of Manco like you know, as a fan. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen his work before, but I, I was just, not a fan. I mean, he was like, like bad photo ref to me. Punisher. There were some. Uh, he's 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 done some stuff. Um, but I I was going to avoid this book completely once Vince said, you know, he loved it. Here, check this out, and and you know, he wants to talk about it. And at that point, and and it being a favorite for Jason as far as the the source material, I gave it a shot. Um, I don't know if I'll be back for number two. Wow, Jason, um, Manko did a ton of Hellblazer, but, um, I, I love him because he was the one that did the Werewolf by Night back in the Strange Tales revival oh, days. Oh, I, I did read him back then. I just don't remember. That yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh, he also did a couple of Doom miniseries when it was just Doom. Okay. Remember when, uh, I, I love those books and I, Manko speaks to me. I just, I think his work is, is all the best kinds of disturbing. Um, the darkness, the, he, I guess he does use some photo reference, but, and there are traces of, of Photoshop shortcuts in some of the backgrounds in this issue, but it didn't, it's nothing to, to deride. I think, you know, if you have to do that to get the, the, it's cool. I'm glad you dug it. I mean, legit. I I got the adult coloring book cover. Oh, nice. Okay. Which is a uh, black and white, um, it's the line art of Manko's, uh, color cover. And you can see all of, by comparison, you can see all of the things were added for the color version. I don't think the colorist, um, 
on the cover is doing him all that much of uh, service because the line art's much better than the color image. It was well. One thing I, I wasn't thrilled with was the flashback within a flashback. We we were at the bar, then we got back to earlier in the day with the race, but then we cut back to Penelope's origin of of joining oh, the race. Off. She is, and then it's and awesome. then, you know, so it was there was aside from just throwing her introduction in, um, the back and forth wasn't too annoying, uh, but just there were. With the other two we just discussed, it, it, it felt natural as far as being introduced to the characters and, and knowing who they, they threw. Every, there was no buildup. You were just thrown right into it. Here's mm-hmm. everybody. We're going to say everybody's name in our conversations. So this way you know who is who. Um, but even by the end of the book, I did not know who everybody was. And and the backup story, I thought, was the, the my, my least favorite thing about the issue. Mm. Wow. I was very surprised that Dick Dastardly is not an absolute prick. No, I mean he's he's a little I don't know if you'd say sexist. He's 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 got something he's a, for Penelope, but yeah, but that's just him. Well who wouldn't? Right? I mean, yeah, he you know, he's he's a bit misogynistic. Yes, that's the- but I he's not the the conniving jerk of the cartoon. I mean the the, the Dick Dastardly in the cartoon is just flat out bad. This guy's just trying to win. I mean, we maybe it remains to be seen the thing, the lengths he's he's going to go to mm-hmm. to, to actually do that. And that's, but. So the the person who's going to Utopia is whoever wins the most amount of races, and, right, and so right, so right. it's open ended. We don't know how many races they've already had. We don't know how many races there are total. Um, the announcer is is basically. The Beyonder and, and, you know, just. (laughs) 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 I can fix your friend even though he's got brain damage. He's he's half a pair. And then, you know, if you want to see your mom again and it's like, but it's, it's just, it's. You notice that the bear bit him on the forehead. So the bear's tooth actually penetrated his brain. That's why he has brain damage. There's a, there's a tooth hole in the dude's forehead and blower bear's forehead. (laughs) And I thought it was kind of neat. That they took the colors from Dastardly's hat and made those his, the colors of his yeah. his dread. I thought that was cool. I mean, I like mean, I said, look, I mean, it's just, but yeah, I mean, if you're a Fury Road fan, this is for you. If if uh, I don't, yeah, that's exactly right. If you're like a Death Race, I like like I just, and I don't even mind that. I honestly think if this was just, if this was like a uh, a Dark Horse book by some dude, and it was like Death Race three thousand redone, I would have mm-hmm. been okay with it. But just because it was so <laughs> far afield from wacky races, I, I just I couldn't get past that. Right. I think the creative team is a bit giddy uh, for the source material because there was a little bit uh, a faltering in the sequentials, especially in the beginning with the lizard pissing uh-huh. uh, on on the the mean machine. The flow wasn't there. Where did the guy like, who threw up on the car? Where did he disappear to? That's what I'm saying. Like, like, and, and parts of the race, you didn't actually get uh, the progression of, like, people jockeying for power. When she, when she commanded the, the, the sandworm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, it was so sudden. Like, you didn't get the feeling that there was a progression of time. It was right. just like, okay, we're here, and now we're here. Yeah. And it, it, I, I think the sequentials were a little less than they should have got been. got lost in translation. No, they were probably just excited to get all this down because it, it's a big, big story. You, you find have that silver lining. 
<laughs> no, you have you have gigantic racing cars, for lack of a better word, that are all souped up and the technology's cool and the visuals are cool. And I think they put a little bit too much attention into the visuals at the expense of the sequentials. Mm. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Did you not see that? I mean, the splash page right there proves that. I mean, it's a great splash page, but it's an incredible. But that doesn't tell you who's in the lead, who's in it, because they're they're just they're just the they're just the car numbers. You're not, so you don't know who you don't know who's coming from behind. You don't know if oh snap, so all of a sudden that person took the lead. It's just it's it was it was it it wasn't a mess. They were just I'll 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 get behind you. They were just they were very enthusiastic. They're excited about getting this done. That's not a bad thing. I mean, it propelled me through the issue. Um, just seeing Penelope riding the back of that friggin' sandworm. That was cool. The, the design is neat. See, I'm easy to please sometimes when I don't expect a whole hell of a lot. Like, if this was an issue of, like, say, Spawn, you know, then I'd be like, well, this is a travesty. But no, it's, it's low expectations, pleasantly surprised. We'll stick with it. The one I'm worried about is Flintstones. Oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, I mean, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Yeah. Uh, the art maybe, but I really don't want a sitcom every issue. It just looks like every issue is going to be a different situation. Stone Age Honeymooners, uh, just like the cartoon was. You bite your tongue. Which is it? That- <laughs> I was going to say this. <laughs> <it's funny. laughs> exactly that. <laughs> like, don't say that, even though it's true. There you go. You press the button. You say honeymooners, and I was like, ding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The fences go up, the lights go on, and the, you know. So it has. Oh, the Flintstones I'll be getting for Renee because that's one of her favorite cartoons. So even if I'm not feeling thrilling to that, then then maybe she will. So, but I mean, I'm I'm glad they're you know this is completely when when the the news broke that DC was doing this and and Jim Lee and Didio were you know planning on shaking things up and they're not not your dad's cartoons. It was based on the preview pages. There were some things or, or the concept art. There were some things I was grooving to and and you know I'm. I appreciate them throttling the releases. We're not getting hit with, you know, it's not a fifth week event or we're not getting them all at once and right. things like get lost. But, um, yeah, no, I think definitely, uh, Scooby Apocalypse, Future Quest, and probably the Flintstones will be the three that I stick with. Same here. But it makes sense to buy the bundle from our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, because you can get all four for seven bucks and change. Right. That's nice. Do the math. They're three ninety nine an issue. Why? Would you knock it off? Are the next Get, issues, cause these were all double size. Are the next issues, are they all double sized or extra pages? I, I believe so, but I can check right now. Cause I, I do have the benefit of the internets here. Uh, let's go to pre-orders and we go to DC comics and it comes up and it's the first one on the list. They are all $3.99. You can get all four for $7.96. Right, but that past are they double size, not are they? Well, the the price stays at three ninety nine, so I'm I'm assuming that they're the same. I wouldn't assume that, but yeah. Well, we'll see next month. We will. We shall see. Oh yeah, big doings, big doings. We talked about having a guest this week. It's actually been a hot minute since we had a guest, hasn't it? Um, And uh, seemingly we can't escape the uh, third coast, even though our uh, our 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 fourth co-host from third coast is long gone we uh we're, we're going back to that well we're going back to that well and it's for good yes. reason uh joining us this evening for a chat about uh, his works uh in particular one work which we all recently uh got caught up on and enjoyed immensely hailing from chicago 
Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson, the uh, man, nice. the myth, the legend behind uh, Space Mullet and Green Leader, and uh, also uh, one of the men behind Ghost Fleet, which we've talked lovingly about on the show as well in the past. So let's uh, let's welcome uh, our man DWJ to the crew. Hello. Everyone. <laughs> and I'm out. I'm out. Peace. Um, I'm trying real hard. Can you tell? <laughs> You're ready. You're it's, fired up. It's, I led you in in the beginning of the episode by saying a man so full of awes- awesomeness he needs three names to contain it. Oh it's man, true. let me tell you. It's true. <laughs> you want to talk about branding? Yeah. Try naming yourself right. Daniel Johnson. That's not going to work. <laughs> so every time I introduce myself to somebody at the show. I sound like the biggest turd. I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, hi, how's it going? Hi, how are you? I really like your work. Thank you. And they're kind of looking at me searchingly, you know, like, and I'm like, oh, my name's Daniel Warren Johnson, the space mullet guy. And they're like, oh, I love space mullet. <laughs> See, the work speaks for itself. Yeah, or the name. I'm not sure which one. Well, well we all read it recently, yes, guys? Uh, um, well, yes and no. I was reading it online. Yeah, I was reading it online for a long time. Yep. And then yeah. Dark Horse uh, reasonably recently released a collected edition of the first four chapters. Right. See, that's where I jumped and then in. I did it. I, I guess I had fallen a bit behind, so I did catch up, and I'm 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 current through through chapter eight. Oh wow! What? Okay. Really? Yes. Oh man! So you you there's a chance that you will spoil things for me. <laughs> it may happen. It may happen. <laughs> may happen. When you have the creator okay. on, you're allowed to spoil things. Okay. I didn't know that that was the rule, but obviously, yeah, I guess it is now. Yeah, because you have so because you you because you you uh, you put so many restrictions on spoiling things in general. What an episode! For the record, by the way, uh, Vince and David were very upset at my Skype icon, um, which was me staring. <laughs> no, 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 don't say me. So no, I just, appeared, in honor of that, I just changed it to. The unbelievably fantastic Taskmaster commission that Daniel did. Oh, he did? Nice. Yes, I love that. That's awesome. So we're not contacts yet, Jason, so I can't, I can't see that. So all I'm seeing is like a red monster with teeth and a guy with a a goatee. Uh, That's David. The drawing and, and it's a cannibal fuckface. Okay. Right on. (laughs) The vinyl cannibal (laughs) fuckface. But, um, let's, so let's jump into the space mode. Yes. The, I have to be honest, okay. and I said this to David. I think it was off offline one episode. Let me have it. I, I am sometimes thrown by Jonah's mustache. A lot of people tell me that. <laughs> you are not alone. It it sometimes very quickly when I look at it, it, it sometimes looks like the mouth is up higher than it should be, yep. but the fact that it breaks the contour of the head works really well. And now, I see it as. Robert Goulet. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I see first, it as, uh, as as the dude um, uh, Kenny uh, Kenny Powers, uh, yeah, Kenny Powers. <laughs> it's total Robert Goulet, dude. It is Robert beautiful. Goulet mullet, though. No, but he's got that that beautiful pencil thin mustache thing going oh, that's on. True. So normally we would set up the book that we're about to talk about, but since we have Daniel here and it's his creation, yes. Daniel, why don't you give everyone a quick little. Little, little, Tell little, everybody uh, elevator, elevator pitch on space collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, basically, it's a science fiction action adventure. If you kind of took maybe, and you guys could let me know if you disagree with this or not, but maybe like Big Trouble in Little China meets uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, that's uh, cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, kind of episodic. Um, relatively like, I mean, Firefly is what I was thinking when I made it. I was I was going to ask you that because I was going to say like if I were going to. 
it, it, there's definitely a Firefly vibe to it, right? Oh, yeah. The model oh, yeah. crew and, and mm-hmm. his being sort of a, a schleppier, you know, a little grimier, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Fillion type. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. And I was one of the goals of making this story was I had just finished Mass Effect 3 and I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, all the heroes are very attractive and uh, super, like, muscular. And I really wanted to see if I could kind of make, like, a big, grandiose kind of science fiction world that was centered around a guy who had, like, a pot belly, couldn't shoot straight, really, and uh, is kind of awkward at parties and doesn't really know what to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the base for the whole thing. That was the, the ground that I began to work from. So that's what you get when you open Space Bullet. Absolutely. Well, and and I have to say, I mean, the thing that uh, that immediately grabbed me was the I'm a sucker for 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 buddy cops, buddy yep. cop, you know, buddy movies, mm-hmm. buddy buddy books, and 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 obviously that's I think the main dynamic here, right? Is that uh, is that uh, Alpheus and uh, and he have you know this great relationship in a world where I mean it's essentially you know Han and Chewie, but but in a in a world where if 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 the if the if Chewbacca and his t- kind were hated by every other species, right? So yes, exactly. And um, Alpheus is definitely I kind of wrote him as the kind of badass who knows how to knife fight, and uh, everybody likes him. So he's like kind of the person that I want to be, and then Jonah is kind of the person that I am. So it's like two parts <laughs> of my personality, <laughs> and there's a tension there because Jonah loves Alpheus and Alpheus loves Jonah, but. Alpheus is good at everything, and Jonah's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. So you're consumed with guilt <laughs> over over a past transgression, huh? <laughs> I'm just examining um, things how I would how I would see in the real world, and just p- putting them onto the comic book page. You know what really won me over, and it was from page one. Everything looks so dirty. Everything right, looks right, used. Yeah. Um, the things. Um, it's not just um, tech. Or architecture just to fill the, 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 the backgrounds or foregrounds or wherever you, you place it. These things, they look used. They look like they actually have a function and, and that they're put to, to extreme wear. And it's just like every part of the galaxy is lived in. That's awesome. I love that, that about that. this book. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Um, and part of it is I'm not very good at drawing clean things. So I just end up making <laughs> everything look dirty by default. Uh, where's the value in clean? That's true. Seriously. And I <laughs> well, tried, then, tried yeah, to do more of a style where it's like a little cleaner, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like not so many notch marks on a certain pole, and it just looks empty to me. The page looks right. like it's naked, so I have mm. to dress it up. I mean, I, not not. I don't want to jump to this quite yet, but I would say like Green Leader is a pretty clean and tight book visually, I think. I mean, I think that's true. It's also shrunk down. Like I drew it at 11 by 17. And oh, I shrunk okay. it down to a tiny little thing. Right. That might be why. Sure. But I think with um, Green Leader, it, it, there's a lot more of a um, manga feel to it sure. than, than I see in space, especially when uh, when he's crashing into the uh, to the Imperium. But yeah, no, I mean it's we're going all over the place. But yeah, no, it, it's yeah. I think of the th- especially with Ghost Fleet, if, if we include that. But I, I agree with Jason. I think of the three, Green Leader is probably the cleanest looking. But that's because of the source material also. It's not, it wasn't a lot that, that Lucas was throwing out there in the first three Star Wars movies that, that was, even the cantina, it's, it, it's, it's a gritty place, but it doesn't mm. look as dirty as, as what you've put down in, in things like Space Mullet, but. Yeah, they cleaned it up for the prequels, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. they did. <laughs> yeah. So was, um, Ghost Fleet 
the thing that opened the door for you at Dark Horse to get Space Mullet there? You know, interestingly enough, I was at C2E2 in 2013, and randomly, completely out of the blue, uh, Dave Marshall, who was then just a regular editor at Dark Horse, was just wandering the aisles. Um, he had come to Chicago with Dark Horse, and he started flipping through my stuff, and um, he saw the Space Mullet stuff. He's like, wow, tell me about these pages. Like, tell me about this. I really like this. And I gave him the kind of little elevator pitch. And he's like, well, have you ever thought about publishing it? And I was like, have I? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was basically a chance meeting, you know, I, I, it was, uh, and you know, he gave me his card and we started a conversation. And actually the very first thing that I ever did really like published wise was, uh, I did an Eve Online True Stories, uh, comic with Daniel Way. It was just 16 pages long. They made like a little dark horse hardcover out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's funny because the deadline, the the deadline day was the first of the new year. I I got the job in late late November, um, of 2014. No, I'm sorry, of 2013, and then um, like it was like you know January 1st, 2014 was when it was due, and I'm pretty pretty sure I'm the only one who got their pages in on time, um, because it's around the holiday, but I was like, if I can prove to Dark Horse that I can do this now in the holiday and get it done and make it look okay, then maybe they'll vouch for me or maybe they'll greenlight something later. Um, and sure enough, uh, I went through a vetting process with Ghost Fleet after Donnie suggested me, and I think that the EVE Online helped me get Ghost Fleet. Um, and then Ghost Fleet's kind of like, people started checking out Space Mullet more, I think, because of Ghost Fleet. And then Space Mullet started taking off a little bit more, and then the rest is more or less, it more or less took off from there. So, yeah, so this is, I, I just want to jump back in a little bit before that. Yeah, which yeah. Is that, um, Space Mullet, as a, as, again, as we said, it's a, it's, it, it is, it's a Genesis, a webcomic. Oh, yeah. And you started it, chapter one was on June 22nd, 2012. 2012. You posted and said, uh, here's my sci-fi comic Space Mullet. I hope you enjoy my work. If you do, please share. Here goes everything. So, what were you up to? I, I mean, I know you're a reasonably young guy. I don't know. I don't know how how old you were when you got this started. But, um, you take us into you know your your headspace in terms of um, did you did you always aspire to do comics? Had you tried to you know to publish and then said, well, all right, well, I guess I'm going to just do my own thing and, and try and get noticed that way, or did you always just first say I'm going to do my own web comic and without any sort of ulterior plan to to get into other work and, and, you know, how long was the journey before you sort of had the courage and wherewithal to, to finally put your work out there for everyone to consume? Damn, that's a really good question. Thanks, bro. <sighs> I was so yeah, excited yeah. to be on here. You guys asked the artists so many good uh-huh. questions. So. Oh man. We're all more clumped over here. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Back to you though. This isn't about. <laughs> um, so I had just gotten married. I got married mm-hmm. in March of 2012. Uh, I was 25. Um, and I had just recently quit my job as an art teacher in, at a middle school here in Chicago. Um, and my wife actually in like, uh, when we, after we got married and my wife really got to see kind of what my job was doing to me, she like pulled me aside after we got married in maybe April or May. And she's like, you got to quit teaching and you got to give this illustration thing a try. Cause if you don't do it now, you're going to hate yourself for the rest of your life. And I'm going to have to sit with you mm-hmm. and, and you know, Grip my teeth with uh-huh. you about it. That's a keeper right that there. That is a good yeah. keeper, for sure. And um, so at the time, you know, we were trying to decide, okay, is this crazy? Do we jump in, off into this blackness? And I had gone to art school. Or I, I'm sorry, I had gone to liberal arts school to be an art teacher in Chicago. And 
Um, I basically had done it because I felt like I needed something stable and I wanted to make sure that I was making good decisions. And, you know, it just led to uh, me not really liking teaching at all. And uh, But I, it's yeah, kind of like yeah. the thing that, that I felt like I should do, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she's like, "We, you should quit. You should quit in the middle of the summer. And, uh, we, and if you can make rent every month, I'll take care of the rest of the bills and stuff. And if you can make rent consistently with whatever illustration stuff, then that's what we'll do. And so uh, when Space Mullet came out in the summer of 2012, I was literally taking any sort of visual art thing that anybody would throw at me. My son loves baseball. Will you draw him a baseball bat for his birthday? <laughs> literally. I'll give you 50 sure. bucks. Yeah, I'll do it. Pays the bills. Yeah, pays the bills. Um, yep. If you open like... Uh, I don't know, like the Chicago Tribune or there's those big or any newspaper. You see those big spreads with literally like 200 little cars of like used car salesmen putting their cars up. Mm-hmm. Well, I was the guy who was putting the asterisks next to the cars <laughs> <laughs> that would lead down to the fine print. Oh. Um, so that was a gig for, you know, a lot of 2012. You know, I'd go in for a few days a week and just literally place these asterisks and make really bad car advertisements for the local car dealers here. Um, and so that, that was some money there. And then I would come home literally and I would work on space mullet and I wasn't really trying, I guess, because I getting into headspace back then, like I'm thinking of what I was going for and it was literally like, I'm just glad I'm not a teacher. Like I, I would have worked at Starbucks and been happy. Um, I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it. Like space mullet, mm-hmm. if I could like keep it going, make and I had dabbled in comics a little bit just with myself and and some art classes. Everybody knew that I really liked them, um, but I never really thought it was possible for me to actually do them for a, a living. And um, okay. then it, you know it's funny that the more that I worked on space mullet, the more that it started getting noticed, and it was just kind of one of those like what the hell kind of things, I guess. Like, I wish I could say it was more planned out, but I was like, I'm going to show everybody that I can kick some ass and it doesn't matter if it goes anywhere. And then I just kept working on it and working on it and twice a week. And then I started getting some more people to notice me. And then my brother, my little brother was like, you need to get on Twitter. Everybody's on Twitter. And I'm like, no, no, I'll never be on Twitter. Uh-huh. And he made one for me. We were on a family vacation, <laughs> and he's literally like on his phone. He's like, "Okay, I'm just making you one. Here's your new, here's your Twitter handle." And I started putting pages up on there, and those started getting traction. And then, um, and I would go to cons around Chicago. And I remember I w- Wizard World 2012 was my first show. And to in you know, a table for artists at Wizard World maybe costs like six hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did zombie portraits of people. <laughs> so if Jason were to come up with his family to my table yeah. and say, you know, I'd really like to get my whole family done a zombie portrait, so I'd take a photo of the family, and I literally give you a likeness portrait, but you're zombified. Nice. And especially back then, like 2012, like the zombie hot, right? thing was even hotter than like it is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would rake it in. I'd be able to make enough money to pay for the table and then some. Um, and in the meantime... For the people who are interested, I'd be like, well, I also have this webcomic, Space Mold, let me tell you about it, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're slick. Yep. 
You are. See, that's a great idea doing the zombie portraits because you don't really have to nail the likeness. It's true. You, you, you can go, you know, 50% oh, and then yeah. just ravage the rest of their features and you, it's money in the bank. Multiple times. That's, that's smart. Multiple times I just remove the entire lower half of their jaw and just be like, well, nice. But, but it, you know, you're right, Vince. I mean, because again, one of the things that, 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 that I think is, is one of the, uh, the X factors of, of getting your name out there when you're at cons, right, is that Artist Alley is a, it's a bifurcated place, right? I mean, yeah. there, if you're known to whatever extent that means, whatever that, that term means, um, you can rake in the dough and yep. you have a full table, but there's two thirds of a big Artist Alley at C2E2 or any of the other places are guys or women that are trying to get their products seen. And sometimes it's hard, right? Because, uh, and I think that it really is incumbent upon the person to find a way to get noticed, right? And and look, we've been a million cons, and we walk by lots of booths and never stop uh, at lots of booths. And it's not because we not we're not willing to, but it's because those people don't put themselves out there to make it worth or seemingly worthwhile to stop by. Right. And you know that's a nice way. That's a nice conduit to try and bridge that gap, right? Because because uh, it stands out and it's uh, smart. It's smart. It was funny, uh, you know. I I thought when I started it that it would be like this really kind of hokey. Um, you know, this is just bullshit just for the money. What are you going to do? You know, um, and you'd never think how much like people, how emotional people would get when they get like a piece of art like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's, I, I used to work in a hospital before I, uh, was a teacher just to make ends meet minimum wage job. And I'd be responsible for bringing people around this hospital. And, uh, when I'd pick somebody up, I need to get a nurse's signature. And sometimes the nurse would just give us the whole runaround and we'd be waiting for like a half hour. So it's me and the patient just hanging out and I'd have a sketchbook with me and I'd draw the patient while we were waiting and I'd kind of talk to them and I'd usually give it to them. And there's something about, even if it's a zombie, drawing somebody else, it's almost like you're taking some time to just like study every feature of their face. Man, it's like, it's almost like spiritual. It does something. So there are people who'd get zombie portraits at these shows and there's craziness and there's, you know, people dressing up as Thor over here and there's loud noises and, and then there's people who like break down into tears when I hand them a zombie portrait. It was actually pretty powerful. So it was cool. It was really fun. That's amazing. And did you, I mean, did you like, so, okay, so you started this, but did you have, was space mullet conceptually? I mean, you, you mentioned at the beginning of the talk that you had Firefly in your mind at the time and that sort of thing. But I mean, did you, when you decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to try this on and, and I'm going to do a web comic. Like, did you, sit down and spend a couple of days and say, all right, I'm going to do this thing called space mode. Or did you already have this idea in the back of your head? And that was the Genesis. I'd always like sketched ideas for comics and I, and, um, and characters and, you know, plot devices and all this stuff in my sketchbooks, but it never really grew into anything. Cause I felt like I didn't really have a, a design that might stick out. Um, so when I got the idea for Jonah, you know, that silhouette of the, Excuse me, the spiky hair in the front and the, the hair in the back, you know, it's very strong silhouette and it just, it had so much personality the first time I sketched it. I was like, wow, this could really work. And I just kind of ran with it and I was just thinking of situations that would be, it'd be interesting, I'm, at least in some way, uh, to read about. And, uh, I just kind of went from there. And it, I was a, it was a learning process. I mean, I, and I, I'm pretty sure like the, uh, like Vince's comment about the mustache. Um, like I was reading a lot of like Corey Walker's art at the time, like with Invincible and, you know, loving every single part of it. And he strips everything down to this amazing 
streamlined way of viewing a page. And I was going for that, you know, and I was like, oh, this design with this mustache, it's like one of the ways, but I hadn't really learned how to incorporate it in a way that was maybe smoother than it should have been. Not literally smoother, but just like a, a, in a design way. And uh, Space Mullet then literally turned into a canvas for me to try, try again on and put up a page on the web and just I put everything into it and then the next page would come and I'm like, okay, how am I going to nail this three-point perspective? I have no idea how to do this. And I'd learn how to do that and then learning how to draw feet better and guns and spaceships. and Wow. So it, And it shows in the pages. I mean, if you look at page one to like page 200, a lot changes and that's literally me just like, that's not good enough. I need to do this better and just work. Well, that's it. one of the most fun things I think about a journey really? like this is getting to see you from day one. And, you know, because again, I mean, we, you know, if you, very few people remember the first published pages that McFarland did, right. Or the first sure. that Jim Lee did or, or, you know, any pick, you know, any artist, whatever that that's achieved a certain level. And, and um, because they, again, they jump from project to project and it's so much fun to see a journey like this, um, where again, you know, from panel one of your career, in essence, we get to see it evolve. Um, you know, and it's, I just thought it was a blast, especially to get all the way through chapter eight and just to see you evolve as a storyteller. And again, like aesthetically, I mean, you know, you, you, you're, I, I wouldn't see your style has changed all that much, but, sure. but like you said, it's the, it's your ability to frame a sequence or to, you know, to just, just your, your ability to sort of play choreographer or cinematographer has evolved, you know, so, so, so meaningfully over the last few years and, uh, and it really shows. Thanks, man. Yeah, it it's does. good to hear that because when it first came out, I was kind of having panic attacks about <laughs> me in bed. The first page looks so bad. Oh my god! Uh, see, I, I in in the first couple pages, especially when when the Marines are getting the uh, talked to, and you, you don't have anything in the background of that that wide panel at the top. I see that you're listening to yourself. Sure. These these first couple pages. And then you there, you can actually notice a progression where you stop listening to yourself, you stop second guessing yourself, and you let the story and the characters take over. Hmm. And, and you can see it in the artwork where you, you're just the reins have been kind of they drop off, and it's just it just flows. Yeah, yeah. especially with the um, when when you're introduced to Bobby, and and it doesn't feel like it was a break in the story with Jonah and and Al. You knew that Jonah's just wants to get make Al better, but we're introduced to Bobby and, and her quote unquote world, and then we yeah. go to the to, to the roller derby, and it's just everything was a natural. You didn't you didn't it didn't feel like the brakes were put on to introduce new people, or that um, that you wanted to cram somebody in. It just it it was every by the time I got to the end, I mean, and it was it's when you finish the first book, it's. It, yeah, I kind of hate you for the Bobby. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's um, the the panel where the thing we won't spoil no. it happens is probably one of my favorite panels in the entire book, mm -hmm. but it's the one I don't want to ever see again. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah. I totally, I totally get it, totally get it. And, and then the the uh, facing page with Jonah looking up in absolute hatred. Mm -hmm. That face is awesome. Thank you. That yes. was one of the ones where I, that page, um, 
I knew that I was either going to swing and like hit it or swing and totally miss. And I think I hit it. I'm, I'm no, so you, proud to you say nailed it. it. You nailed like, it. Like I yeah. don't want to, you know, come off as too uh, gloaty, but I'm just, I'm, re- I'm still very, very proud of that page. Yeah, you still have that one. I do. I do. Oh, nice. I don't know if I would want to buy it though, because then I have to look at it every day. And he's like, no. Uh, damn you, Daniel Warren Johnson. You know what's funny is my dad read that sequence and he can't, you know, he flies in for, to Chicago for business all the time and he came maybe two weeks after that page had come out and, um, he was really moved by it. And, uh, the, the page where it's kind of like a bird's eye view looking down after everything has happened. And uh, Jonah is embracing. He uh, he he really wanted it, and I gave it to him for his birthday. And now this incredibly sad page is hanging up in my parents' bedroom. So funny. Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> no, awesome. no. So, but see, that's that's the magic of 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 space mullet to me is you have all this these strange alien characters walking around and everyone is designed really smartly and Thank you. each each one is is just you know better than the last and the tech and the 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 the, the cybernetic stuff and the just the, the, this visual universe but that's not the draw hmm. the the draw for me are, are these characters sure. like al's amazing and 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 Jonah, who is shouldering this guilt, and 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 Bobby, uh, well, Bobby, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's not shouldering much, but no, and the 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 kid alien, it's just these are very rich characters, and that that to me is the real hook. Yes, the visuals are amazing, but it's it's the story too, and you seem to have covered all the bases. Like the visuals are amazing, but the story is too. When when you um. When you designed, it's it's been a few years now. So I mean, are, are have you cursed yourself for for coming up with the designs for Al or, or Howard and having to draw every little thing about? I mean, it's <laughs> I, 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 it's 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 George Perez's birthday today, and I always think you know of, of, of Deathstroke the Terminator and anybody who drew had to draw the character. Mm. Based on how he originally looked back in in the eighties, would probably curse George just because you got the scales and the boots and and it's just and and all the accessories with him. But I I don't know how. Um, I'm sure you have a shorthand on on sure. how to get everything done. But it, it, did you ever say that you know maybe I could have made him a little simpler? You know, great question. Damn. Um, I so. When I was working on Eve Online, which is like the first uh, comic, I, I started like recognizing what I was, what my style was doing to myself. Like I was like, everything that I'm drawing is like really hard to draw. <laughs> um, I'm not really giving myself a break. And part of I think what kind of made me come into my own because Eve Online is when I is the first time that I did something that had like a legitimate deadline for a publisher. And I just had to kind of turn off my emotion brain and just turn on my art brain and just go, go, go. Um, I used to like, um, I used to sweat way more over those designs and of Jonah and, uh, um, and Alpheus and, and, uh, Howard and everybody. But now the way that I, the way, especially the way that I ink, like I don't want to have to, I don't want to, I, I've, when I make comics or when I, especially when I make my own characters, I don't want to have to like think, man, is this going to be 
it's going to be hard to draw like every single time. If the design is good, the design is good. And sure. there's going to be a way for me to ink it so that it's like, it's, it's, um, it's realistic. Like I don't, I'm not going to want to shoot myself every time. Um, so I guess I, I've always, um, it's about the way it's like the finish to it. It's like how, cause when I draw like maybe a car or something, I'm not usually using like a French curve or a ruler. I'm just kind of going freehand. Oh, great. Um, yeah. And the same thing with characters, like, you know, you, I'm just letting it flow. And as long, and maybe this is not good. I mean, technically, but as long as the silhouette is there and you can tell that that character is talking, like I, I remember I talked, was talking to Jason Latour about it one time and before, like, you know, we knew each other or anything, and I was like, you know, I'm really, I love the way your art, it just goes, and you're not super worried about, like, whether somebody's head maybe is, like, a different shape. He's like, oh, dude, staying on model, ugh, it's a, it's like a bane of creativity. You just got to <laughs> go, and as long as people can tell it's the same guy talking, it doesn't matter. And I took that to heart, and I just kind of rolled with it. Vince is aroused right now. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, I mean, he, he is totally speaking my language yeah, right there. You said the silhouette and yeah, I mean, that's, there's no, I'm sure if everybody stayed a Marine, it might not be as easy, but I mean, Peggy <laughs> sure. and, and, and the, the, the alien and, and, cause I'm not, I haven't, I'm not completely current, so I don't even that's know no if worries. he has a, uh, has a name yet, but, um, it's a she, I thought, yes, right? The little kid. Little girl, yeah. Yeah. Um, nice job, David. You're not doing your homework. <laughs> no, every one of my <laughs> friends doesn't know her name. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> so, but every, yes, you could have, you could have just the silhouettes of everybody, what we're believed. Everybody would know exactly who, who was saying yeah. what. So that's fantastic. Yeah. I'm seeing some influence in this book. Um, oh yeah. It, Paul Pope. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I get a little bit of an apple seed vibe too. Oh dude. Nailed it right on the freaking head, man. <laughs> I love it. It's just so, I mean, I'm, it's, it's in the same universe, but it's not a, a lift. Yep. It's, it's just the, the, the inspiration and just the spirit of it infuses the work. I just, I think it's amazing. Yeah. Um, especially when the, the, the double splashes that, I get lost in these things and, and it, it, it's like a huge roadblock for me when I get to the double page spread of District 14, the street scene. Sure. And <laughs> I, 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 there's a point where I, where I tell myself, I don't really think you're supposed to be spending this long <laughs> on, on these pages, but I want to see everything. I want to immerse myself in this world because it's so compelling and it's filthy right on yeah 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 and and i want to smell it and 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 breathe in and taste the whatever fossil fuels or whatever they use you know just have it stick to my skin and my tongue it's just (laughs) it's possible with this and it's all done from that little window at the top of the page that's the vantage point of the characters but we as the reader see much more and it's amazing man and there's Bobby on the bottom of the page. Yeah. Dick. <laughs> well, and, and I was like, how right above her, but it's, it's, um, uh, and the tease too with what's under Howard's mask. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Played. well played. Well yeah. played. Because it, it was nice that it was done within the first volume. Right. Yeah. For yeah. us as physical readers. But I mean, you didn't, you, 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 you strung us along just enough. I mean, we get right. a, uh, in, in, in the post, post of the trade, we, 
we really spend a lot of time getting to know Alpheus and his background and his world. And um, you left us with another hell of a cliffhanger here in April. I know. On the end of Chapter 8. So, um, my man, I mean, what's uh, uh, <laughs> cracking he, here? When, yeah, let's, uh... when we get in Chapter 9, I mean, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, it's uh it's it's coming. I um it's been a long it's been a long journey and uh one thing that kind of um I had to reletter all of Space Mullet for the trade. Um Did you really? Yeah. Um huh. just cuz it's it was my book and um it that's just what Dark Horse wanted to do, which is great because then that's less money that goes to Dark Horse and more money that goes to me, but it sure. it took a long time and uh that started detracting from like being able to create pages. Um, and then, um, I've been working on another creator owned series that I've been, you know, writing and drawing. And, uh, when you have like two babies, like hmm. two babies that are your own, they're like, one of them is going to get malnourished. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, cause it's really <laughs> hard. Like I feel like I put like, so when I was doing ghost fleet, like the story was awesome. Donnie was awesome. It was a fantastic experience. I had a blast. But it, like, doesn't even come close to the experience of, like, just making my own world and my own characters. And and that's a good thing and a bad thing because the reward is so great. But at the same time, the the amount of, like, work and, like, emotional sweat that goes into the project is much greater as well. So after finish, after working on this book that I'm working on now, it's really hard to, like, when I finish at 6 o'clock, go right into space mode. So I, I, I'm not in a good headspace for it right now. Um, that's a terrible excuse, but I'm going to get to it. It's just a matter of finding the time and, you know, carving out more hours that I can like approach it with a healthy free mind, I suppose. So, no, so totally maybe, the, maybe the banner then should just say updates on the first Thursday of every season. <laughs> right. uh. Wow. Um, so, but now this is interesting though. Dangerous. So like from, from a web comic perspective, um, cause I don't really know what your experience is with like fandom or that sort of thing from the digital side. I mean, um, do you get pushback or, or, or anything from fans that are like, dude, where is it? Or like, do you, like, do you track, do you tra- keep track of the traffic? Like, is the traffic still consistent as people discover the work? Or I mean, how, how do breaks in the series affect the frequency or the you know the the, the metrics of the, of the of the website at all if it, if at all the f- the first time that I took like a little mini break um the it dropped dramatically mm-hmm. um and then I started uploading again and then something happened with my website some sort of update with the CSS and the whole thing went down mm-hmm. um and uh, thankfully the the person who made Comic Press uh like totally helped me out. Um, and, and we got the whole thing done. So now it's kind of janky because you can see like there's like widgets now right, that should exactly. be there that aren't. And I can't figure out how to get rid of them because I've never been a web guy. Um, it's, uh, and so that was, that was a nightmare. That also hurt the numbers. And then, um, now that I have a new, now that it's like, it's, uh, I have like a new form to the site, my numbers, I don't even know where they went, so everything is kind of topsy turvy. <laughs> and like, I need just like a space mullet day in the week where I just care, take care of all of the non-art stuff that goes along with running the site. But right, um, 
so right now I I am in this like happy zone of like I have no idea. There's probably nobody going to it, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> it's just it is what it is. Like it's uh, and uh, yeah, I I I need to spend more time with it. You guys are you guys are getting me. You guys are gonna get me back on the horse. Oh, we are. Oh, good. So good. With with it eight, happens. I mean, now that you've you've done eight chapters, now I don't I didn't I didn't double check to see if like the five through eight chapters are roughly the same size as one through four, but. Since the first trade is one through four, is five through eight enough to do a second trade? And is that, you know, in the works based on, you know, what we can talk about now? Oh, five through nine will, uh, five through nine will okay. be, will be, uh, a, a second trade. Uh, that's the goal. Um, I haven't talked to Dark Horse about it yet. I'm assuming that if the numbers are pretty good on number two, I know they're interested. Cool. Um, so we'll see. Um, if it completely falls flat, then they'll probably sit on it for a while, maybe. Um, but we'll do everything on our parts to make sure people buy it. That's oh, right. Thank you. Thank you. You got a spot varnish on this first one, so that's something. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty excited about that. I, Gotta love the spot. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah. yeah. And I also love how the inside of the comic is like it's matte, um, mm-hmm. which I love, love, love. I was, I was very. They were totally okay with doing matte, and I'm so glad that we did it because I think it looks really good. Every time I look at it now. I kind of like still get the chills because I'm like, ah, I only know you as JPEGs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this paper just drinks the ink, right? It in. does. It does. Too, it's great. It's, yeah. Oh man, I'm really happy with it. Um, and it smells great. Yeah, I'm smelling it. Right. So it does. The um, obviously because Felix is selling um, pages of Space Mullet, you don't work digitally. What is your process? Do you now, if Jason Latour is listening, we're going to catch hell because he doesn't want to talk no, about it. No, well, Jake, we're not talking about this tonight. <laughs> He's an outlier, but, though. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, how, how, how detailed, are, what, what's, what's the process like? Do you just, do you basically work in inks or do you kind of just thumbnail it? Or I'm, I, that's the part I'm curious about. Oh, yeah. Um, so when it comes to like space, space mold, space is way different than, um, you know, maybe working on Ghost Fleet or anything like that. Um, where with Ghost Fleet, I'll thumbnail the whole issue, um, send it over, then I'll usually go pencils and inks, like pencils in the morning and inks in the afternoon for one page and scan it and repeat and repeat until the issue's over. Um, with Space Mullet, I'm, I, I'm literally like fitting things into any like nook and cranny of time that I may have. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will only thumbnail maybe two to five pages at a time. Um, and then I'll, I'll usually maybe pencil, like maybe half a page where I have time and then ink half a page and so on. Um, and it's very like kind of choppy. Just, I work on it whenever I can. Like, Oh, I have some spare time. I'll work on it. Oh, my wife's working right now. I'll do this right now. Um, so because of that, all of my storytelling I literally have like a paragraph of like, here's what's going to happen in Space Mullet Chapter 8. Um, and then I'll intersperse that with any sort of dialogue that I know needs to happen that'll be very specific. But other than that, the entire thing is uh, thumbnailed. So there are chapters that are 30 pages. There's chapters that are 60 pages. Um, it's honestly like, and there are a few times where like, I have no t- I know that there's going to be a big talking scene with a lot of important information that I need to kind of make sure to go back and make sure that I'm writing everything correctly. I don't have time to do it, so I'll just extend a fight, fight scene for like three pages to fight myself more time. 
<laughs> Beat the shit out of each other. I gotta think about yes. this next part. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, which is kind of nice. It's, it's kind of improvisational too. It is. In a way. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of that kind of goes along with the, kind of the style of storytelling where like anything really can happen at any point. Um, so, and there are times where, in fact, at the end of chapter two, uh, Alpheus wasn't going to be hurt at all. He was going to be totally fine. Um, but I was trying to figure out where the main conflict of chapter three would start coming from and like, because they can't just be having a good grand old time, you know. I wanted to kind of carry it over and have the drama intense intensify. And so I literally scrapped 15 pages of issue two and redrew the whole thing uh, so that Alpheus would be hurt. And it, I think it made the story a lot better. But, man, those oh, 15 yeah. pages throwing them out was tough. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, like, laughing to you now, but I was crying then. And when when you say throwing them out, you mean not putting them in the in the No, no, no. The work itself. You have them still, I right? have them still. They're just scattered okay, around. Okay, cool. Um, nice. But, yeah. Yeah, so it's uh it's a bit random and working on uh, creator on project. So I'm working on a book with Image now, and uh, that you know I, I make a full script or not a full script, but I'll explain what's happening on a page and type out the dialogue and explain everything, and then the thumbnails, I'll do all the thumbnails like I would a dark horse book, and then do each page as it goes, um, and in Space Mullet and in other stuff like sometimes I will change little things on the fly or. I'll be writing a script and then I go to the, the comic page and as I'm thumbnailing out, I realize like, man, Jonah doesn't need to say that. He could just say it with his eyes and I just scrap the whole line of dialogue and it works way better. Um, Sweet. So that's really fun to be able to kind of yeah. axe dialogue when I can and just say it with art. One of the things I was uh, not only surprised but really, really pleased about was that um, – you were doing Ghost Fleet when Dark Horse, there, there was a, a trio, I think, of titles that I loved, but I guess for whatever reason, yeah. the, the, the sales weren't fantastic. They didn't really push them all that well, I, I don't sure. think, but that's another story. Um, I think it was Sundowners yep. and Resurrectionists from uh, Fred Van Lente and then Ghost Fleet where Mike Richardson gave you I've only seen this happen here. The opportunity to actually finish the story. Was it the last issue digitally. or the last two issues? It was the last, um, oh, digitally. So they did the entire second arc, which was, uh, four issues digitally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when I got the news about that, I was, I mean, I was, of course, very saddened. Um, I was on the bus. And it was like a really depressing bus ride too. <laughs> the depressing oh, bus. Just wait for the next one. We we don't want to get on that. Yeah, one. Yeah. Like, you could, like you look like people walking by. You can just see it looks strangely green. <laughs> <laughs> Flickering yes. lights. Like Lynch. Lynch is driving the bus. And Dottie calls me and he gives me the news. I'm like, oh man. And because um, at that point, because I had already gotten the news that we were supposed to do 12 issues, it got cut to eight. Wow. Um. And already then I'm like, okay, well, that's six months of work. I'm not, you know, I have nothing now. Um, and as we were, we continued to work on it, knowing there were only going to be eight issues, we, both Donnie and I were like, okay, if this is, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out with the biggest bang and we're going to put everything we have into it. And we were continually going, doing that, but 
um, when we got the news that it was going all digital, it was just like another puff of smoke that was kind of going out of us, you know, just hard to keep it at its current level. So I went to the Dark Horse offices in September just to hang out with uh, my editor and get lunch. And um, I found out that our editor, Patrick Thorpe, he walked into the, you know, this meeting of the finance meeting where they go over the numbers and like, what's going to get cut? What's going to get boosted? Whatever. And he like fought tooth and nail to keep us digital because they wanted to just cut the whole thing after issue four. Oh, really? And he was like, I, he didn't let it happen. He's like, this book is too good. These creators are like too dedicated. We have to make this digital. I mean, we can't just cut it, make it digital. And that was one of the decision-making process. So knowing how close it almost all came down, um, I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, I mean, the trade's out now, which is great, because you can, like, enjoy it on the paper. And issue seven of Ghostly, I'm still really proud of. Um, so I'm thankful to Dark Horse that they even kept it digital, honestly. Because sure. they, yeah, they were hemorrhaging you. money. <laughs> so it had absolutely nothing to do with Mike. So I gave him kudos and he doesn't, he didn't deserve it. Oh, I, yeah, and I don't, all I know about that is that Patrick Thorpe, our editor, went to bat for us, which was really, we really appreciated it. You're awesome, Patrick. You are awesome, Patrick. Thank you for doing that. It's like a kiss to death. Whenever I really, really love a series, it's like, okay, (laughs) it's not going to be around for long then. It was, it was great though. And, and like, I don't know how Don, cause Donnie was writing issue 12 when he found out. That it was getting mm-hmm. cut to eight. And somehow he managed to, like, in two issues, like, managed to wrap it all up. And it was, it was, I was impressed. Um, and so when I got those scripts back of how Donnie had managed to pull this off, I was like, all right, you pulled that off? Like, I am going to, like, do some serious art push-ups here and just sell it as best I can. And I think we did a really good job, so. I think it would make a great AMC series. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would. Absolutely. It, because it, it, it has everything. Gigantic action yep. and the, yeah, it's, a, it, it was, it was very notable right from the first issue. Just look at me and we, we just glommed onto it. I'm, I'm glad you guys did. You, you're one of the few. <laughs> oh, I love it. How did, so, um, how did that collaboration come about? You know, um, I had read the first issue of, uh, Donnie Kate's Buzzkill. Um, yes. it's funny and funny enough. Um, I was in the comic shop randomly and one of the comic shop owners was like, Dan, you really should check out Buzzkill. We really like it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out. And I, I picked it up and I read it that night and I was blown away. I really loved it. So that night I emailed him and I was like, this is fantastic. Thanks a lot. Like, I'm really excited about this series. He emailed me back. We started talking, and he saw some of my art, and he got really excited. And so we started talking about possibly collaborating. And um, at that time, this was right at the cusp of like, am I going to actually do comics like for a living? Living? Um, and I just finished uh, Eve Online, and that was great. But you know, there was no other work looking at me, looking me in the face, and. Uh, he then in January he called me and he's like, "Hey, I need an artist for Ghost Suite. How do you? What do you think?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Yes, let's do it." And uh, it was, uh, I, guys, 
I don't know how to relay this to you, but like waking up in the morning, making coffee and drawing like trucks exploding on freeways. (laughs) (laughs) You can put yourself in my shoes. It was, it was a special time. You got to pinch yourself. Is this real? I, I did. It's not even work. I mean, I know the, the, the things that go into making comics, but that's pleasure. It was. Yeah. And it was challenging too. Like drawing big rigs. Holy crap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I draw spaceships all day, but don't give me a truck, Dan. Seriously. <laughs> what I had to do is, um, I went on, I like found like a really crappy, like 99 cent, like, app that was developed in Russia. It's like Big Truckers 2.0 or something like that. Hilarious. Where you can take the truck that you drive and in like a third person view, spin it around into any, you know, in any angle. And man, that thing saved my life. That's so freaking funny. Oh, neat. Yeah, just because like how, because again, it's funny, like, you know, you think, I'm going to get nerdy here, but you think about like how big rigs, like you think they, you think that they're just like a block. Like just a like a rectangle, but they're not. Like they kind of like taper towards the front, and there's this special shape in the back. And I never used to like pay any attention to big rigs on the highway, but now we'll be driving to Wisconsin to my in-laws, and I'll look at it. Oh my gosh, baby, look at that big rig over there! Says <laughs> the man with the Optimus Prime Sky Avatar. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, you never see any of those like flat-faced trucks anymore. So when I see one of those, that is exciting. So, I geeking out over trucks. Well, That's feels cool. Good. Feels real good. Yeah. And and it you know don't be it, it's a tool right? It, is. it it just it jogs those creative juices and it's a time saver. So why not? Exactly. For sure. That's I, my daughter is struggling with with color theory okay. now. And I, I showed her a website, you know, the, 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 uh, color scheme, uh, generator where it'll randomly generate this neat color scheme. And she's like, isn't this cheating? I'm like, no, it's not cheating. (laughs) It's a tool. It's a hammer, right? It depends on what you make with it. And, you know, it's online can be very beneficial to, to an artist. It's not, as long as you stay away from poser. (laughs) (laughs) Poser is the devil. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 Daniel, so, so the, the, you know, green leader, right? I mean, yes. again, uh, generationally we're, all, I mean, we're all huge Star Wars fans as well and, uh, super dope. And I must say, I gotta be honest, um, you know, you were, you were selling green leader as a, as a complete work, uh, through Felix. Yes. And, uh, I really thought hard about buying it, but I never pulled the trigger, but glad to see it went to a good moment, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I did. I think the, I don't, I, mean, I don't know his name, but apparently he, has quite a bit of Star Wars memorabilia, so yeah, super cool. But so my my me, but I've been dying to ask you. Um, yeah, you know, from what I know from other people that have done work for Lucas over the years, I mean, they are hella protective of their IP. So, um, like, was there any pushback on your end? I mean, I know you call it fan fiction, but yeah, like, did you get like a letter from Lucas saying, uh, you know, you, like, did you get any pushback on this at all, or? You know, I, I didn't at all. I was really expecting it. Um, and I was oh, you were? To, okay, so you braced for it. Well, I was talking to some creators, and at the time, like when I made it, I really started getting exposed to just how the money works in comics, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's part of the job, and it's all about numbers, and I, part of me just was like, you know what, screw it, I'm just gonna do this because I want to. It was mm-hmm. kinda like Space Malt, like, I can do this, I want to do this, I'm gonna do it. And, um, 
a, a lot of friends were like, you shouldn't do that. You're going to get in trouble with Disney. Wow. And I'm like, if I get in trouble with Disney, then I get in trouble with Disney. And I'll, they're not, they're not going to sue me. They'll just ask me to stop. And, um, so I was like, screw it. So I did it. And, um, what I've been doing at shows, I don't know if this matters or not, but I have like little ash cans printed at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never say that I'm selling them. I just say that I'm like, I will literally give them away for free. But if you want to give me in like an artistic donation for my art, um, I tell them how much it, it costs me like $2 and 33 cents to print each copy. And I say, whatever you think is fair, you can take it for free. So most people will throw me a buck or two. Um, and in that way I just can just kind of recoup printing, but sure. I haven't had any problems with Disney or I, I think a Disney, I don't know if he was joking, but a, yeah. who he said that he was a lawyer for Disney and then he bought a copy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Maybe he was joking because I didn't know who he was. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I scope out people. I'm the guy who he said, he said, I quote, I'm the guy who makes them take Mickey Mouse off of the preschool buildings. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I asked because even like, um, like uh, years ago, w- one of my sons wanted a Star Wars themed birthday party, and we went to our um, to a local bakery mm. that makes custom cakes, and it was one of those things where you, know, you could bring them photos or pictures or art, and they would you know find a way to to make it into a cake, and we brought them some some Star Wars stuff and. They were like, no, we can't make a cake with that. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, we'll get, you know, we, we're not allowed to use the. And I was just thinking, Damn. like, you're a, you're a bakery in, like, a small town in New Jersey. Like, how is Disney going to ever know that this happened? And it's going to be like, consumed. It's not like you're going to yeah, sell but it. Yeah, they were like, no, we've had trouble. You know, like, we've gotten letters before. And I'm like, that's incredible. So when I saw your work, I mean, I was like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, but. And I felt seemed like, but he's going to get a letter from Disney, like, yeah. like you know, because I mean, and I've heard stories with, um, I can't, what's the name of their, the, is it Celebration? What's the name of their, um, the con, that, the Star Wars con that happens every year? Oh. Star Wars Celebration, right? Yeah, yeah, it is Celebration, right? Yeah, I, I heard stories even that, like people that were set up in Artist Alley, how they had to, they couldn't just draw anything they wanted. They had to have like pre-approved stuff and then it all was checked out through a, a central checkout point in Artist mm-hmm. Alley where to make sure that Lucas got their cut and so, um, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thrilled for you that, that you were able to do this and it, you know, it's, it's, it was a beautiful, awesome I mean, story. It really so. is a, it, it's a love letter. I mean, it's, well, it's I mean, a, you know, the A-Wing gets no love ever anywhere else. So it's it's like, true. It didn't. I mean, and aside from these, the, the, the pilots who we don't really meet in the movie, it's, it's just Akbar and, and, and yeah. to Imperial. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's not like and and there's no there's no dialogue. It's a silent story, so it, it's not like you're trying to force anybody to say something that they and you include. I mean, on your website on 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 space dot com, you see the um you see the clip that this whole thing is uh is based on, and and you know you even say this is something that. It, you felt moved. You 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 wanted to tell this story based on this, and and it spoke to you. And I mean, I I definitely appreciate it. I think it, it's a fantastic story. Thank you. For sure. Yeah. The impact panel is devastating. Yes, it is. And and it's Th- those marks are amazing. And it, it actually it it. I'm gonna piss Jason Latour <laughs> off for a sec- second and just like what what are your tools of choice? How did you make those? Yeah, marks? Yeah, well. So when you say the impact, uh, the impact shot, are you talking about the one that like pulls out? It's like a double pager, or are you talking no, about the, the, one the black? The black, yes. That one. So I used to use like 
Windsor Newton Series 7. Um, but the only problem is, like, you know, after maybe 20 pages of art, it'll just kind of flop out on me. Um, and it's, like, 25 bucks for one brush. Right. So instead, I take, like, the Pentel Pocket Brush Pens. Nice. Um, and I don't fill them up with ink. I just use them as, like, a dip brush. Um and oh, I have oh. to, I have to, I have to dip them more because the the hairs are not actual hair; it's like synthetic hair. But the trade off of having a brush last me two years is much more preferable. Right. Um. And uh, I'm able to control. I like a brush that is relatively dry. I don't like a really full brush. Um. And I think you can kind of see that in my lines. Like a lot of times, there'll be a little bit of grit when my line maybe comes to an end, which I like. Um, and it gives me more control as I'm kind of creating the page. So with that page specifically, you know, it's very, I purposely went quickly when I inked it, um, very scratchy and quick lines with the Pentel brush. And then I just kind of, you know, went with like a really gross ratty brush and just, just made like circular motions. And I went over that with whiteout and I just kind of had fun with it, you know, because to a certain exp- uh, to a certain point, you know, an explosion is an explosion, and um, just kind of go. And again, like I was saying, if the silhouette is there, if you know who it is, you just have fun with the rest and just let it let it mm-hmm. speak and just. Um, but uh, yeah, so and that's what I use, and then microns and and Kuratake brush pens and anything else. I love the Kuratake. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude. I, Kurit, I mean, inside baseball, but, uh, Kuritake, they are my boys. I mean, their stuff is so good. Do you, have you tried the dual one? The one with the fat tip and the skinny no. tip with the, it's red? No, 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 no. Really? Oh, yeah, you gotta, that's my favorite one. Um, uh, I have mine right here. I'm touching it right now. It, it's, the, the pen itself is a little expensive. Sure. But, the tip is, is, the brush is so worth awesome. it. And the refills are very inexpensive. That's awesome. I, I have that one. I use that a lot. Uh, the one that I use the most is a, is the one, is the throwaway one that's red that has a dual tip. Um, and, uh, it's fantastic. It, it I need to get that. I'll send you a link in the chat, in the chat, but it is cool. amazing. I think a ratty brush is worth its weight in gold. For sure. Yeah, and then there's the there's the tipping point when it becomes too ratty, and you're like, oh, you feel like you lost a friend. So <laughs> what I do now is when I'm really feeling adventurous, or when I need to do rock faces, because uh, I draw a lot of rock faces, uh, just like rock <laughs> formations. I take a sumi brush and I'll cut every brush of every every bristle off, except for maybe like literally four or five bristles in the center and I'll dip that in ink and I'll just kind of whip it around and it makes these amazing lines that just kind of fly everywhere. Um, I think I love you. Really, Call me. It's really fun because it also encourages like just uh, a little bit of adventurousness and you can get into the same motion of like, okay, put on Downton Abbey. Here we go. Inking, yep. inking, inking. And I, just to get away from that, just like going outside and picking up something random and sticking it in the inkwell. Yeah. You know, I've gotten in the habit of doing searching at the flea markets. Yeah. For used brushes. 
And I was surprised at some of the, the, the marks you can make with these, even if they're gummy and just uncared for brushes, those are the best kinds. You get the, the most unique marks from those. Yep. There you go. This is fun. Yeah. Oh, and one on one. And yeah. one, one of my, one artist <laughs> that I really, really dig his work is, I hope I'm saying this right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Paul, Ex- Paul Azetta. He's on as a set. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Um, he works on Outcast. Yep. And if you'll notice, like all of his Dirty lines one. are very chunky. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know what he's using, but I imagine it must be some sort of like older brush where it's just, you know, because I love the way he draws his faces, but there's such a blockiness to the lines. That's so. It's, I feel like I can, I can, I, t- I touch him. It's. Uh, it's very yeah. tactile, so anything that is different, you know, I really, I really am attracted to. So, hmm. as cool. I said, is a beast. He is a yes, beast. He is. he is a beast, and probably so, a, a reasonably wealthy beast at this point with uh, Outcast coming to the TV screens. Yeah. I have not seen it yet. Uh, but no, I haven't I'm, seen it either. It's on okay. my DVR, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, um, so uh, we 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 can't let you go without talking about uh, your your commission work. Oh yes, because um, I don't remember. I don't like. I you were mentioning how you got started on Twitter. I'm. I mean, my memory's fuzzy because I'm old now, but I'm pretty sure that um, <laughs> yeah, in the midst, yeah, in the midst of comics Twitter, um, I guess being as uh, as as hell bent on knowing and collecting as much original art as I can, I don't know if it was Mick Jerry McDade or Scotty, but one of them like posted something that you did. And I was like, holy shit, who is this guy? <laughs> and then they were like, oh, it's my boy, Daniel Warren Johnson. You gotta check him out. <laughs> and of course, these guys laugh like, like, I'm, that's, that's the only intro I need. And then I was like, I don't remember if I reached out to you or you were already rep by Felix, but I, uh, you did that rocket and Groot commission for me. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I came back into the Taskmaster. But like, you know, if you, one of the things I love about Felix, who's your art rep, is that, uh, like, he not only, like still original pages, but he does a great job of, of getting your guys' commission work out there. And mm-hmm. so like if you go to to Felix Comic Art, um like pretty much you and everybody he reps, like he has examples of actual commissions you've done on top of like your pages. Yep. And uh you long long winded way of saying like to our listeners, like uh I mean I've said this before, but you you are an incredible commission artist. Like it's it's Thank you very I, much. It's like I you know stuff's killer mm-hmm. and uh I mean I know as you get busier with your with your uh but in career, sadly for us, uh, uh, away collectors, I guess you'll be, have less time to do commissions, but to whatever extent you're at cons and doing commissions or like if Felix, you know, ever posts an email that says you're available, like people need to take you up on it because it's, uh, it's a no brainer. Thanks for so, plugging me. Um, dude, well worth it. I mean, you know, as long as I don't lose my spot in the queue, I'm good. <laughs> there you go. I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. <laughs> it was right there. Well, like David said, uh, so Daniel will appreciate this, like, cause David was joking about it earlier. So, um, my, you know, my, we do this thing uh, at our house where, uh, we, all the Christmas cards we get from different families and whatever, like my wife makes like on our, we have like these double doors going into our kitchen and, and she makes, she takes the cards and she makes like a Christmas tree shape out of them. Right. So like yeah. they are, they're all on display. So, you know, generally during the Christmas season, I come home and you know, it's like you get a different card or a couple cards each day and you see who sent you cards or whatever. And, um, and so one day I come home and she's like, I, we got a card today, but I don't, I don't know, like, like, I don't know who this person is. And it was a, it was a handwritten card from Felix saying, like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> no way! Who's, who's Felix? I'm like, 
he's, he's a comic art dealer. And she just looks at me with this, like, still poster. She's like, wait, wait, wait. She's like, you're getting a handwritten Christmas card from a comic book art dealer? She's like, how much do you have to spend this guy to get? And I'm like, listen, he's just a really gracious guy. Yeah. I'm sure she believes yeah, that, she too. Fall apart. She's too smart for that. That is yeah. amazing. That's a great story. So. I think I'm going to have to get a uh, Lobo driving a rig or something from you. Totally. Oh, oh, dude. Yes. Were, were, you, uh, were you a part of that trip to Tokyo or no? I was. I was. Oh, how was it? Was it awesome? It was some of the best days. It was one of the best weeks of my life, easily. Yeah, was it just the guys or did you get to take your wife? So my wife didn't actually want to go that bad. Wow. Um, I know. I I couldn't believe it. But I think one of the things was she knew that it was like a Felix comic art trip. Oh, okay. um, she also had known that I had been wanting to go to Tokyo since I was 13. Um, and so part of it was, you know what? Like, I, w- I would like to go with you, but I don't want to go badly enough to, like, be the, like, your wife along with, like, all of these comic artists. Sure. Um and I think in the end it's good that she didn't come because one of the best parts of the trip was literally me like sitting down with, you know, Gary Brown, Chris Mooneyham, James Heron, Nick Patara, um, you know, Nick Dragata, and outside of the hotel, outside like on the hotel lobby and literally just drawing for like six hours. Um, and just talking about the books we found and like, uh, we had some, um, we had some art collectors there uh, who were with us who were friends of Felix's and um, they had, I think they had bought some of our pages to kind of like help us fund our, our end of the trip, you know, and mm-hmm. as a thank yeah. you, uh, we just, we drew, we each of us drew in a personalized sketchbook for each one. So each person did a sketch in the sketchbooks and we gave them uh, to these guys and, you know, for the, the la- and the last night we were just sketching and sketching and sketching, and it definitely turned into a bit of a con- you know contest. <laughs> oh, that's it. But it was so much fun. It was so much fun, and just going and like going to Tokyo and like James would come over and be like, Dan, do you know about this artist? Because I feel like you should know about this artist. And I'd be like, who? And I'd walk over and my jaw, you know, would hit the floor, and I'd mm-hmm. have to check it out, and then I would go to you know. Patara and I'd be like, Nick, have you, have you seen this artist? And he's like, Oh my gosh, I have to check this. Out. I have to get this. And it was just this and <laughs> never-ending well of inspiration of all these different Japanese artists that had affected us when we were kids or when we were adults, and then spreading that to the other artists that we were there with. It was amazing. Rumor has it Patara had to buy a second suitcase uh, to <laughs> all of the toys that he was buying. <laughs> Here's what I'll say. Patara was not the only one who had to buy a second nice. suitcase. <laughs> nice. Sweet. What'd you bring home? Um, there was one thing that I had my, that I knew that I wanted. It was um, where I told Rachel, my wife, before I went, I was like, honey, if I see this, I am not asking any <laughs> questions. I'm not bartering with anybody. I am just buying it and I'm taking it home. Oh, She's like, it? okay. Um, it was the diecast uh, Akira. Uh, it was the uh, uh, the the bike from Akira. It was the diecast sure. one um, wow. that you really can't find anymore in the states. Um, and I found it original in the box, and oh. it was like it was 120 bucks. Which I was like, yes, okay, there you go. Slap the money down. And well, that's not that bad. No, it wasn't okay. that bad. Like I was ready to go to like the 300 dollar range if I had to. 
Um, that's what I had budgeted out, you know. And um, then Patara comes running in. He's like, oh, my God, did you get it? Dang it, I wanted one. You got any more? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like I, I got it right in time. Um, but that was my, like, prize. And then the rest, like, I got a bunch of – because, you know, like, there is literally a used bookstore on every other block in Tokyo. Yeah. Guys, we got to go to Tokyo. Yep. Serious. Screw CTV2, screw heroes. It's good to Guys, you gotta okay. go. The food, the culture, just how different it is, oh. just like the things to do, and the books. Like, I found huge volumes of comics that you can't find in the States that are all in Japanese. The art is just amazing for like three bucks. Uh, it's amazing. I found. That's why I, I, I go to the book off in uh, yeah. New York City. Just I, It doesn't matter. I can't read them. Look at the art. Yeah. That's. Yeah, it's inspiration. Oh, the book office gives me palpitations now. It does, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Why? 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 Look at what happened there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Tell them the story. Uh, yeah, I want to yeah, hear we, it now. Yeah, we uh, just, uh, so, <laughs> um, what was it, two years ago? Two years, two years ago. ago, right? Yeah. yeah. This is so, the setup already. <laughs> oh, man, what was it, two years ago? Well, Bring it on. So, so every every year we go to New York Comic Con, right? But it's it's one of our shows, and, and it's pretty much our local show, the guys always stay at my crib. And I guess for the last two or three years, Saturday is always such a, a shit show there. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's as bad as San Diego. I mean, it's, it's 100 plus thousand people on Saturday. Damn. So we've gotten into the habit of taking a good chunk of Saturday away from the con and doing stuff in the city. Okay. Um, because there's, you know, three other days anyway. So Vince, as he just mentioned, loves this place, the book off, which is in Midtown. And, uh, it's kind of become a ritual where we go there and we sit idly while Vince loses oh, his mind over, uh, <laughs> Japanese comics that we, we, we don't have any idea what he's talking about. But, um, anyway, so I had my, I had an Atoya with me with a lot of my original art, you know, from the show or from stuff like my jam pieces. And, uh, we were, you know, sitting around waiting for Vince to do his thing, whatever, just chilling. And, um, he does his thing and we leave the book off and we're walking around the city. We go to go into Starbucks, which is, uh, and as I'm going to grab the door to open the door, something feels weird. And I realize it's because I'm not holding my portfolio in my other hand. Oh, dude. And I'm like, guys, <laughs> I left my portfolio <laughs> the book off. And we're all like, what? And now, like, just keep in mind, this portfolio was full brimming. Mary, yeah, at home, he doesn't make copies, and he's like, "Listen, this is my collection." He has, yeah, it was, it was, oh you know, it was like fifty to sixty original pieces, like in this portfolio. My hands so, are literally sweating. Yeah. So <laughs> we we started sprinting, and it was like <laughs> what six, seven blocks away at that point. Yeah. Yeah, so we sprinted dead sprint, and the entire time that we're running full speed, I'm in my head thinking, "This is like one of the worst days of my life." I just lost <laughs> a portfolio full of my art because, again, it's New York City, right? Like, it's yeah. kind of come up on loot, right? Yeah. And damned if we don't run into the freaking store and go back to the basement where we were hanging out, and it's just sitting right where I left it. Yep. Oh. And I, you know, and I have to attribute it to it being. A Japanese bookstore because <laughs> I'm telling you, if it was the Strand or Barnes and Noble, oh, it'd be it gone. would have been gone in three <laughs> seconds because someone would have grabbed it without any interest of what was in it under the idea that well, maybe there's something worth it. Oh my god! So gosh. I mean, I had cold sweats, right? I mean, it was it was, uh, I, man, it was a rough it was a rough twenty minutes until we got it back. But, I can uh, only imagine the 
like just the sheer panic in your mind running through the streets of oh, New yeah. York. You know, and again, that's the thing. I mean, because it's it's art, right? So it literally is irreplaceable. I mean, yep. quite literally, it's not yep. like there would be no hope of me ever replacing it. Oh my and, god! Uh, and he never thanked me for picking the Japanese bookstore. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there were a lot of hugs and tears. I'm, I'm a little kind of I'm a little kind of hurt. No, no. I feel like we're in the middle of the street embracing one another over the fact that we got it back. We took off. We were gone. Yeah. Uh, we we did seven blocks in about. Four minutes, my heart was five minutes through my chest the entire time. Yeah, oh it, my we ruled sweats. It was just crazy. Uh, but so. the elation when we found it was like, yes, when I told that story. There was. We were telling that story, I think, uh, either on the show or to to when we saw like the next time we saw Scotty, and he was just like, "You are a fool, dude." He's like, "Why would you have all of your art in the portfolio?" <laughs> it's kind of like, why would you do that? But it does beg the question: Have you made copies of them since? Of course not. I mean, I have digital copies of them. I've scanned everything, but <laughs> you should just print. print <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But it, I, it's because it, it's not going to make a difference whether you tell the dude, "Listen, you know, I ordered a commission from you. Can you draw my jam piece?" If you have the actual commission or digital copy of the commission, but still, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It's just it's, it's a, listen. It uh, th- things worked out. Karma, <laughs> karma was. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a fantastic yeah. story. So where are we going to see you this year, man? What cons are you doing? Uh, let's see. I'm doing uh, Heroes in a week. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not. This year. What? Well, we're not doing it this year. So Wait, hold on a second. I thought like Heroes was your guys' jam. It is our the past jam. two years. We took this year off to go to see 2B2. Yeah, you know, I mean, because you know, Chris Neesman was our fourth co-host for a long time, and and so okay. we, C2E2 was our was really our outside of New York that was our show, right? And we Got went it. Here and. And, uh, and, uh, it had a lot of heart, like memories for us. It was, we got, actually got, all got our first tattoos there. It was a whole thing. Nice. And, uh, and then we ended up going, like working heroes into the equation and putting C2 by the wayside for a few years. And then we went, we, it, it really was high time we went back, but, uh, we just couldn't make both shows in the same year work. So, yep. I mean, we haven't really formally fleshed it out, but I'm already, I'm already like having panic attacks about the fact that, we're not going to be heroes next week. So yeah. I presume, you know, the plan would be maybe do like every other year or vice versa, you know, maybe sure. one year if we're lucky we can do both, but, but, yep. uh, but heroes is just an amazing con. So, uh, so I've never it. been, Oh, you've um, never, this is your first year. Love this it. is my first oh, heroes. Man. And I mean, have to go to Mertz. Uh, yeah. And I, I've talked, wait, so I'm sorry, Mertz. Yes. It's a soul food place. That a lot yeah. Of after di- for, for dinner on uh, Friday night. Is that like a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, a Mertz. I'm gonna okay. I'm like taking notes. I'm like okay, go to Mertz. <laughs> um, and or you can eat at McDonald's no, and just no, save no, the money no, for college. So, no. <laughs> well, and I wanted to ask you guys, and maybe for other people who are listening who are going to Heroes Con, it, is barbecue a thing there too, or is that not? Oh, dude, not at the con, but yeah. okay. Well, but it, I mean, it's North Carolina, of course. Yeah, well, but, oh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. I've never been to North Carolina before, and barbecue is one of my favorite foods, and I. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions. Mertz. Mertz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, stay away from the sweet tea. Okay. It's sweet, sweet tea. tea. It is. No yeah, sweet tea. Jason and, and Mario were just like, no, nah, we're done. We're just, we're not here. They have like three sips and three sucks on the straw and they were tapping out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But otherwise it's awesome. Corn yeah, okay. Fantastic. Corn greens are off Mertz. the chain. Yes. Okay. And make sure you go like, Go like at an odd hour. Okay. Because you know? it's crazy. Because if you go like right when, when all it's of you are wrapping part of Valley, 
Because, you know, Heroes is basically one giant artist alley. Yep. The problem with that is, like, so all of you artists, like, when you're all wrapping up at the exact same time and you're all going to head to Mertz. And then it's going to yep. be like, oh. And it is it is right down. I mean, when you leave the convention center, you are just going straight down the same street. And it's, Got it. You'll, you'll see it. You can't miss it. It's it's past. It is, but, yeah, it's that's not the only Mertz, but it's the closest one. Okay. But, Daniel, we can't say enough about Heroes. I mean, because, first of all, Heroes is by far and away the most art-centric con that we attend. Without that's what question. I've heard. And the other thing is, uh, 95% of the people, fans and creators alike stay, you know, at the same hotel. So nice. it's just one big kumbaya session for seven. There's no, there's no hustle and bustle. You're not crap. Right. You're not crammed in like sardines. You have no pretense around. It's just, it is so chill. Everybody is there for the same reason. They just love comics. You're not, you're not going there because, you know, you just got them playing Overwatch and you need yep. to, it's just, it's, it's, it is a really, really great weekend. Dang, it's amazing how many amazing. people are going this year for the first time that, that, and we're not going like, uh, you're a first timer, I guess, this year. Our buddy Brian Vander's going for the first time. Okay. Sean Pryor and Julian Lytle are going for the first time. So uh, a lot of our peeps are going, but we're not, yeah. We're... Man, you guys are like so excited talking about it, but you're not going. It makes me sad. Oh, it hurts my heart. It hurts it does, my heart. It does. <laughs> I, my, my father lives three hours away from here too. If I could just get down there for the weekend, maybe, but yeah, it's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so doing heroes, um, and then I will be at Boston Comic Con. Cool. Um, I grew up just, uh, just west of Boston, and um, I will also be at New York City. Excellent. Uh, and my wife's coming with me to New York City, so that'll be really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we'll be at New York for sure. Awesome. I, I, I want it. I mean, I'm not committed to Boston, but I'd like to try it because uh, the 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 guest list for that is phenomenal. It's really yeah. phenomenal. I think I'm sitting next to Nick Dragata, which is always a pleasure. Um, nice fellow. He's a fellow Philly Eagles fan, so I got love for him. Yep. Um, and... Um, you know, other than that, I haven't checked out the guest list, but I've heard really good things about Boston as well. Cool. Um, and it's funny, you know, because a lot of people know me from the Boston area, but I've just never been to Boston for a show. I've only just gone back to visit my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking. It'll be my first time. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Cool. We'll make sure to hit the book off with you at New York. Yeah, I yeah. actually. Yeah. Jason, Jason will yeah, come. You can, leave, you can leave your wife at the table. And, uh, <laughs> Have fun, honey. Yeah. And, and, uh, no, you, your wife and I will go, like, get lunch or something. You guys go to the book shop. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Jason, the three of us will go to Guy Fieri's joint. Oh, snap. No. no. Uh, I'm never going to live that <laughs> No, thing. you're not, Vince. <laughs> that macaroni and cheese was fly. Oh, <laughs> it was super dope. And I was, it was, uh, it, it's great news about the, uh, the Civic being on the road again. Oh, yes. Yes, for the listeners who do not know, my Civic's right. Wheels got stolen by who knows. <laughs> yeah, just somebody who needed them more than you, I guess. And it was funny because I was on my way to the airport. Rachel and I got up early, Oof. and we're like, Rachel's going to drive me to the airport. And I, we walk to the car, and then the wheels are gone. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm taking a lift. Have fun working well with the insurance company. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> um, I felt terrible, like, leaving her. But, you know, she filled out the police report, and she was a champ. But, um, yeah, like, it's, it's it's good that it's on the road again. I'm going to make money. Yeah. Oh, 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 shit. <laughs> so, oh, nice. so Danny, you want to do the uh, in your travels with us? Sure. Cool. Um, as always, this episode has been sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can find all the comics for not a whole lot of money, such as Blue Beetle Rebirth Number One. You can have it for a dollar forty-nine. Uh, from Dark Horse, we got the Witchfinder City of the Dead, number one, 
uh, Mignola, Roberson, Stenbeck, awesomeness. It will cost you $1.75. And from Marvel, Sanford Green, David Walker bringing you Power Man and Iron Fist, the first trade, $17.99 cover, not for you because you're smart enough to go to Discount Comic Book Service. You will get it for $8.99. That's 50% off. In your travels, hmm, choices, choices, choices. I was, again, pleasantly surprised by a DC book. I read it today. Mr. Greg Rucka wrote it. Um, let's see. Matthew Clark. Sean Parsons. Sean Parsons. Liam Sharp. Uh, Jeremy Caldwell. Laura Martin does the colors. Uh, Wonder Woman. Rebirth. Wonder Woman is a hard sell with me most of the time. But I enjoyed this issue a lot, mainly because of the transition in the art styles. I, I love me some Liam Sharp. And there is a moment in the book where the art radically shifts to Liam Sharp, who finishes out the book. And there's a, there's a conceptual joining, um, as it happens, which I thought, whether planned or unplanned, worked for me. I think it was David, planned. do you feel the same way? I think way? it was planned. It definitely works. It definitely lets you know that uh, not only is it visually there was a there's there's a change, there's a break, and and it was it definitely fit. I uh, for me the issue it was I it, it's a beautiful book, and I think you know Ruckett knows how to write Wonder Woman, but for me it was kind of uh, more the same with the character because it's it, it's this whole who am I what do I do what's my origin it's just it, this is she's she's basically becoming Hawkman with with, with the convoluted origin and, and it's that was that was you say that that's not a bad no thing, it's not though. a bad thing but I as you know it wasn't so we're gonna go on this journey to find out what the actual for real this time status quo is and it's it'll be fun because Ruck is gonna write it and and I'm I'm curious to see how he's going to make pull all these threads together but uh, I don't I'm, I'm a little tired I don't know if I'm if, if I'm ready to, to to go on yet another who is who is Diana Prince story right I thought the the triple threads of the the various um origins kind of mirrored the fact that there's three jokers going on now it's the new trinity it's the trinity's trinity no but that there are multiple storylines being woven together here and the fact that there's three jokers um kind of implies that you know the the various timelines are are, are various universes are, are merging here which is kind of neat and it's and it's very pretty book but uh, for me, the the real selling point is is Liam Sharp here, and I, I'm very pleased that he will be making the transition to the ongoing. Yeah, because and I, as it says on the last page, it's a uh, there are there are alternating Wonder Woman stories happening. You have um, basically untangling the mysteries of her present and her past. So in two weeks, yes. uh, Wonder Woman number one, and uh, and in on July. In, in July, the uh, Wonder Woman number two is the start of year one. So I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing then if, if you want to complete a story, you got to get every other issue. Yeah. And Diana can't seem to get away from the Minotaur. She no. loves the bull. She does. Like what? Yeah. Frank used it. 
um, to great effect. I always got to mention <laughs> Frank Miller. <laughs> oh my God, Vince, Vince, dude, so funny. So I listened what? to one of the other podca- comics podcasts I listened to is called Talking Comics. Yeah, and uh, there's a, one of the co-hosts is named uh, her name is Mara. And like one thing about their show is it's uh, it's they're relatively young readers, not not young chronologically aged, but they're all relatively much newer to comics as a whole than we are. Right. Um, so it's interesting to hear their perspective about things sometimes. So like they do kind of like we do in the beginning. They kind of just recap what their week was like and that sort of thing. And she went to a con this past weekend where Frank Miller was there, right? Awesome. <laughs> she's, oh. like, she's like, oh, shit. I was cracking up, dude. She's like, I'm not going to like where no, this is not. going. She goes, yeah, so Frank Miller was at this con and I really was excited to meet him. She's like, but man, I can't believe how old he is. She's oh. like, I really thought he was much younger than that, but he's like an elderly man. And I was like, oh, Lord. I was like, she has no idea that he's in his 50s. Like, yeah. she, she really thought like she, in his 80s. Yeah, she really thought he was like a senior citizen. Gotta be some kind of like magic parasite sucking the life out of him or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He still oh, has his child. He's the devil to make all these great stories. Does he still wear that top hat? Oh, yeah. <laughs> top oh. hat. <laughs> Yeah. Hello, so, I'm Frank Miller. So I'm sorry. Maybe it's not a top hat. It's, it's like a fedora. Yeah, One of the, yes, I'm sorry. A fedora. <laughs> yes. It's cool. Uh, it's J- Jason just likes to keep poking me at my friend. No, uh, but I was cracking up because I'm like, this girl was like, it was so pure and innocent. Like she just generally <laughs> thought the dude was like in his like late seventies because that's what he looked like. Oh, damn. All that creativity. To, to, you know, so you have, the there's body. a price to be paid. Yep. It's like Doctor Strange and Magic, right? Got to kill some rabbits. Frank's been killing rabbits for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to remember that killing rabbits one of my (laughs) stories. All right. So, yeah, Wonder Woman. It was good. It was. I enjoyed it. I'm with David, though. Like, I'm with both of you. I I enjoyed it. But I'm going to be bored very quickly if Rucka's, like, every other month is about, like, just the who am I, what am I. Like, I I feel like – and, and admittedly, I am not, I am not the most well-read Wonder Woman person, but I do feel like almost every time I've read Wonder Woman, it's been essentially like, what's my origin? Like, where am I from? And, you know, enough already. <laughs> if you don't know me by now. Uh, if you don't know me by now. travels. Um, I guess, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to follow Vince's lead. I was going to go somewhere else, but you, because real quick, I caught up on Southern Bastards. I read twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Atta boy. Um, yep. And you did uh you did a fantastic recap and and reminding everybody that uh now uh Roberta has officially joined the uh the comic and, and I am uh excited to see where it's going because she wants she calls mom to find out exactly what happened to dad. So um she ain't, she ain't feeling it, and 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 I cannot wait to see where it goes. So, like you said a couple weeks ago, yes, in your travels, y'all should be reading Southern Bastards. But um, I am, uh, I'm gonna go with the Flash Rebirth. Nice. Uh, well, well played, David. This was um, of all of the Rebirth issues so far, and there've been five, seven, seven. There were four last, yeah, seven. Um. This is, I can do maths. This is the, uh, this is the one you need to read. If you read DC Universe Rebirth, you read that one shot, you want to see where to go from here, this is the one you need to read. 
it, yeah. it's it's odd that it came out two weeks later instead of last week, but it, it's still it's it's nice that it did because this way you got to read you know from from some of the bigger stars like Superman and and, and Batman with their rebirth. Here is is the Flash who um, is the reason why so much of this is going on. He's the reason why we had Flashpoint. He's the reason why we have the New Fifty Two, and and uh, and this pretty much. Um, connects things it's it's there are some pages in here that are pretty much uh the pages that happen in the series birth drawn by uh uh phil jimenez and it, it is the um when when wally is brought into uh this new world by um by barry so uh we have that and where um where it takes off from there because they're that new uh titans book We'll, we'll, we'll continue Wally's story as far as this goes. But then Barry goes and has a conversation with, with Bruce. And, uh, and again, we're, we, we are shown the, uh, the button. And, uh, if anybody had any, if it wasn't clear as to how that came to be in, in the DC universe, uh, Barry tells you. And, and, uh, we talk about the letter that, uh, that Barry gave Bruce at the end of Flashpoint that kicked off the new 52. So it's, it is, it's the, it's a really good, I have not read Flash pretty much since the new 52 started. Um, I, I am a huge Flash fan, especially where it's, when it's Barry Allen. Uh, but I just, we'll forgive you for anyway, <laughs> with all the, uh, with everything else, new 52. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just, I'm not really thrilled with, with this version of the, uh, of the costume, but any, it's, this is, this is an issue that, that, that you need to read. I thought the, um, the art by, uh, Carmine D. Gemenico. Gian Domenico. Yeah. He, who is, uh, drawn Great amazing stuff. Spider-Man in the past. And um, and, and, uh, yeah. And the, um, and the, the, the Spider-Man X-Men, uh, miniseries. So that was, um, the art is, is, is nice and spiffy. Joshua Williamson is your writer. Uh, definitely check this out. Even if you're not a Flash fan, but you still want, if you have any questions based on, on the Rebirth one shot, this will, uh, kind of fill you in a bit, but I, um, I will, uh, I will see where, where we're going. I will be checking out the Flash number one one. Yeah. And interestingly enough, um, the colors are by Ivan Placentia, who's very yes. talented, uh, the colorist. I only mention that because he's also working with Riley Rossmo on Batman currently, and he's, uh, knocking it out of the park with those color schemes. Yes. That is the same, uh, he was also, col- wasn't he coloring Capullo on Batman? Is that the FCO? I don't know if he that... was coloring Capullo on Batman. Uh, he was working, uh, on Rasputin, the image series. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh they're nice they, it's different but it's really good too so cuz i looked i flipped through that issue because i know that colorist and i was like man nice job buddy no yeah. it is it's it's a sharp looking book it's a bit of a wayback machine too cuz i think the art is uh, carmine drawn the flash <laughs> when when has that happened right? before <laughs> um but there's a there's an air of scott Collins to it too who was mm. very popular on the on the flash pre Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, so it it works, except that that digital water sucks. Yeah, that that, that double page spread is not. Is I mean the the, the cityscape the. the oh, everything but everything but the water is yeah, great. Even when they're, they're running down, but it's. Um, 
Yeah, Waters in the front. And and Barry pretty much narrates the the story. And I mean, it's just there are. You're not going to read it like the, the where he's in the back cave and he's like, this is like the longest I've stood still. But you can't rush when you're working with Bruce, when you're working with Batman. That's not something you can kind of just rush through. You kind of just have to let everything happen. And I um there you never really get a lot except when he's letting him warning Bruce of a, of a crisis is coming. You don't get a lot of Flash and Batman interaction of all the characters that all the other heroes of the justice league that, that the flash hangs out with it's Hal, it's ollie it's it's anybody else pretty always much. Been Hal, but uh, it's always been Hal. but it's it's you never see flash and batman really hanging out so this was um cool. this was cool yeah definitely yeah and i'm noticing a trend with these rebirth books they're not afraid to let loose with the dialogue which is oh great. yeah no they let that shit flow if if it takes me more than twenty minutes to read it, thank you very much for for giving me a little value for my my investment. It's true, Mar- Marvel Zombie that I have always been. I gotta say, uh, DC is definitely bringing the value in this last month or two versus Marvel. Yep, yeah, for yep. sure. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess I'm gonna keep the train rolling because I too, oh. in your travels, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Detective. Uh, Ooh, nine, oh, you mean Batman family? What's that? You mean Batman family? <laughs> I do mean Batman family. I I am a huge. There's no easier way to my comics heart than a getting the band together issue. Like the Avengers roll call, you name it. I'm up in it. I'm up in it. So this was a getting the band together <laughs> issue. My um, only problem with this issue was the cover. Damn it! What? Bro's gonna bring his problems in before I even get started. Oh, I know why. <laughs> no, because there's there's a spoiler on the. Oh, cover. there's other so, spoilers. Yeah. So. Yeah. That Clayface is friggin' monstrous. Cool, you guys just want to... You want to <laughs> we wish it on you. Let's wipe that off. Poor Jason. <laughs> yeah, poor Jason. Written by Mr. James Tinney in the fourth. Uh, pencils by Mr. Eddie Barrows. Uh, inks by Mr. Eber Ferreira. And uh, Adriana Lucas on colors. Uh, it's, as David alluded, it's basically a Batman family book. Essentially, um, someone or something or some organization, if you will, is targeting the, uh, the the heroes of Gotham City, or the vigilantes, as Batman calls them, which was probably the only thing in the book that kind of irked me, that he referred to them as the vigilantes. I don't know that he would do that, but either way. Um, uh, we're introduced in the beginning scenes with um, uh, Jean-Paul Valley, and uh, he's being hunted, and Batman kind of pieces together, because he's the ultimate detective, that... Uh, some shit's going down, and that uh, other Gotham heroes are also at risk. And so he hooks up with Batwoman and mm. says, hey, I need your help in training all of these younger heroes because they have a target on their backs, and we need to make sure they're ready. And the heroes are, uh, we've got, uh, we've got uh, Tim Drake um, as Robin. Or is he Red Robin? He's Robin, right? He was Red Robin, yeah. To yeah Red, Red Robin. Robin, yeah. Um, we've got makes a great burger. Seriously, uh, we've got. Uh, <laughs> dude, you're just uh, you're all the. <laughs> oh, oh, the dude who shits up my intro every week, and he's, he's getting on me for teasing him. Go ahead, keep going. We've got spoiler Stephanie Brown. Give it. I've not read. I've not read much of. Um, I mean, I know her background, but I've not read much of her. And then mm. probably to me the most interesting, we've got Cassandra Kane 
but she's not, um, she's a new, I mean, they're calling her the orphan now, which I don't think has ever happened before, right? Like they're, she was Batgirl, so yeah, no. Yeah, so they're recrafting her as the orphan, but same character otherwise. And then the real, the real sort of left turn is then the fourth that they're recruiting is Clayface. Love it. Love it. I <laughs> yeah, love it's cool. It's just, it's just totally out of, out of left field, right? Um, He's the best line of the book though. Which was when, when everybody's taken off off the roof, he's like, how the hell am I supposed to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're right. His top of his lip is curling down like he's making a boo-boo kitty face. <laughs> so, I mean, in a, in a way, this is almost like a modern incarnation of Batman and the Outsiders in a bit. Um, oh. And then then we see at the end sort of who the villain is. And um I'm, I mean, I guess we're left to guess who, who it is. I mean, we're supposed to speculate, I guess. I, I don't, um you know, I think with the, with the bat cameras that, that Bruce admits are technology that, you know, don't exist in, in the world today. I mean, I'm getting the sense this is maybe someone from the future. I'm thinking, could it be, could it be the Batman beyond Bruce? Hmm. Don't know. Remains to be seen, right? Maybe it's Vince's favorite Vandal Savage. If it's Vandal Savage, I'm out. I'll <laughs> <laughs> have him write a comet or something. Destroy the story. No, it, it was a cool issue. Mm. Visually amazing. Yeah. That Batwoman spread is exquisite. Arrows did it up in this issue for sure. Yeah, yeah. Arrows. It's amazing. A lot of work went into yeah. this. So I enjoyed it. I have to say I'm, I'm pretty pleased with the, with the uh, first issues of, of the DC Rebirth. But, you know, that said, let's remember we were pretty complimentary to a lot of the new 52 first issues too. So uh, Let's be honest though. Pound for pound. Compare these couple... First issues to the new Fifty Two first issue, there's it's like night and day. I don't I know think this fair. is much stronger launch. But I, see, I, I don't know if that's fair. I mean, I I feel that way as well. But but if you go back and listen to our reviews of the new Fifty Two, we were pretty hella interested in them too. And then by like the third issue, we we're out. Yeah. So except Vince right, Hawkman, so, <laughs> stuck with Hawkman. I still I still <laughs> like that book. Shut up. We had eight good months of OMAC. The only one, the only one of these that uh, I read this week so far that uh, I'm sad to say didn't really do it for me was Aquaman. Yep. Oh, I liked it. I I thought that that went beyond wordy to being a wordy bitch, like too wordy. And and you know I don't. My man Scott Eaton. I I own original art from Scott, so I got nothing but love for the dude. But I don't know that he was bringing it with this issue. It was. I think he made some really strange layout choices. Like really strange, and and I, I I like I like I wish I had him in a room so I could like have an intervention with him to try to figure out why he chose the panel. Yeah, I think there are multiple anchors too. No, did no, not. Just, no, 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 it was just the one anchor. It was because uh, Oscar Jimenez drew uh, inked his own, um, but Mark Morales inked uh, Scott Eaton, and Morales is is killer, man. He doesn't, he's no slouch. He's inked the best, so. I was a little, um, yeah, I think, I don't know, or maybe some of the colors may have, uh. Mark can't get blood from a stone though, you know what I'm saying? See, but there's a number of pages, and, um, uh, according to the, the, the credits that it's eaten, where it looks like there's multiple hands involved in there this. There very well like, could be. Yeah, they don't look like Scott Eaton pages. Uh, I would not be surprised if, if Tom didn't have something to do with this some issue. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, you know, you think about Doom War or the, uh, the cable. I mean, there are been, there, um, Messiah Complex. There, there have just been some fantastic Scott Eaton drawn books. Um, 
I don't think I can put this on the, uh, although, you know, you get the nice Dave Jordan cameo, it looks like when, uh, mm-hmm. when they were talking to, um, this, who, who, the person who survived the 2013 attack, but, uh, yeah, it was, um, and it was, and it, I, it, this, this is one, a storytelling aesthetic. I don't like the idea of making Aquaman a man without a, a world, um, because it just doesn't vibe with being the king of 90% of the earth. Like you, but he's not, he's not native. No, he's, but I, he but, was, but you, but I, but my point is, I don't, I think it loses credibility that someone could be hated. I mean, it even says he's hated in both worlds. I, I don't think someone could be a member of the Justice League, which they say he is, and the king of the entire ocean and be hated. I don't, I don't think that's possible. I could see people, a minority of people disliking him because he's, you know, a, a half breed, but, but I, I don't, Again, you you can't be the king of hundreds of millions of people and be hated. It just doesn't work that way. So, and we we were talking about the dialogue in the DC books. This was a wordy bitch, but what didn't help is that it was repetitive. It's like we get it, right. you know. He is. It was at, a little. At, you yeah. know, he's at odds. He's at war with these people and this people. It's not. And just, he talks to fish. Uh-huh. I mean, Abnett was, uh, was very <laughs> mil- <laughs> yeah. Abnett was very mil- dramatic with the words. I thought. A little bit, a right. little bit. A little heavy hand. All right. Um, if I had to rank them so far, I would definitely pick Detective Comics number 934 as the best looking of the Rebirth issues right, But today. that wasn't a Rebirth, though. Says it. Well, it's on the masthead, but... the Okay. Detective 934, the best looking book this month. I don't know. I, I think it looks great. With us. Yeah, it's okay. He, he's... Oh, no. Yeah, no. It does say Rebirth on the top. My bad. Yeah, but the, I think that's just a group them type thing. There was no detective right. rebirth. Yeah, right. A, they went back to the original exactly. numbering, so, yeah, that, that, which is nice. Oh. It's a nice touch. Don't be ashamed of your legacy. Mm-hmm. That's what this rebirth is about, right? That's what DC should be about. So, Daniel, what should they be uh, reading their travels? So, um, it doesn't have to be a big two book, right? Oh, of course oh, not. Okay. Uh, no, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Because on the show, there's been a lot of... Um, uh, rebirth stuff, which I haven't actually yeah. taken any time with yet. No, this stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm, it seems kind of exciting. Um, I've been talking to a few people about it. it seems very, well, seems really cool. Since we could be excited about DC books. So mm-hmm. it's, it, that's part of it. Yeah. And like, you know, listening to the show, I mean, that's kind of what I've gathered. So to hear you guys talk about it, I'm like, whoa, okay. Like if you guys are talking about it like this, I'm like, mm, maybe well, the question will be, will we be excited about it in issue four? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, if we stop talking about, it. hey, how was Civil War two this month? <laughs> Wait, they're doing another Civil War? Oh, you funny stop. <laughs> <laughs> so in my travels, um, I have to just, and maybe you guys are reading this. Um, it's my favorite book on the shelves every month by far. Uh, it's called Kaiju Max. Oh, nice. Um, by Oni Press. Um, it has been going in, um, it's made, uh, so written and drawn and colored and lettered by Xander Cannon. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love his artwork. Um, and, um, so with Kaiju Max, it's basically, um, I guess if, if, if uh, it's a, a kaiju themed tale where all the kaiju are imprisoned, or most of the kaiju on Earth, uh, and there's a lot of them, are imprisoned on a, uh, uh, island prison, um, 
it's a one big island, and it's called Kaiju Max, and all of the kaiju go there. And uh, basically, it's a prison drama, but with kaiju monsters. Yep. And it's uh, it's fantastic. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's really cool jokes. Like there's like a a pun on every page. Instead of instead of the monster saying "Oh my god," they say "Oh my gosh" from like Gojira. Like, <laughs> and um there's oh, a few it happened a few issues ago but there's a kaiju rap that is just out of this world um the oh. focus is mainly around one kaiju in particular electrogore who uh, has two children that he has been he's been imprisoned he's in kaiju max he has two children out in the world that he wants to get back to and take care of because they're very young and and it's not a very friendly world for the kaiju right now um, there's humor, but it's also really sad and really dark, and I really like that juxtaposition. Um, there's a creature called the Devil, uh, the, the creature from Devil's Creek, I believe, who's like a goat creature, and he's like the most pathetic, cutest thing you've ever seen, and he doesn't do so well in the series, and it breaks my heart, and I love that. <laughs> um, and the fact that Xander does everything himself also, like, you can tell it's the artist's vision. And he's doing things in seasons, so he's season one, he calls it season one, and that's six issues, and he takes a break, I'm not sure how many months it was, but he's on season two now, issue two just came out yesterday, uh, which I haven't read yet, but I have it in my hands right now, I'm like, I'm gonna read it as soon as the call's over. Nice. Um, yeah, like, it's books like this that really get me excited to start getting back to the, the grindstone the next day, so, awesome. Kaiju Max. I have the first volume. I haven't read it yet. Yeah, here. Yeah, sitting on so my thank you for pushing oh, me. guys. It's like, it's so good. It's so nice. good. I, it's hard. It's like, I don't buy that many books now just because, you know. I just, You're working. It, well, it gets like, it gets really expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm saving my pennies for like, I just got like a, a Mobius artist edition of like Blueberry. Um, and stuff that's like I can put on my shelf and like when I'm having a bad drawing day I can like pull my chair back pull out an artist edition right. kind of like take it all in like okay I wasn't the only one who used whiteout you know? <laughs> uh, put it back on the shelf and attack but um so maybe I get maybe four or five titles a month but Kaiju Max is on top and it's just really exciting so sweet yeah awesome yeah well there you go alright we would love to thank Mr. Daniel Warren Johnson for being here with us. It was an awesome time. Guys, I've had a blast. Um, I just want to tell your listeners that I've done a lot of podcasts and not every podcast is great at artist questions. So you guys have it pretty good. <laughs> all right. With man, these three. We, we do all right. We have to coach Jason when we're off. <laughs> right. here, no, yeah. It's true. It, um, so please, yeah. if you are unfamiliar with this man's work, seek it out. Yes. For sure. Because he's, he's Thank amazing. You. Thank you very much. Don't be a cheap uh, bastard. You can read Space Mullet for free, but buy the, buy the trade people. Yes. <laughs> Gotta have the physical book. If it's not physical, it doesn't exist. Oh my God, stop. And if I, and if I may say, I mean, it's 205 pages and it's only, uh, 18 bucks. Yeah. It's a pretty it's good bargain. deal. Yeah. And it has the spot varnish. It does the spot varnish. That alone. <laughs> that alone should make you buy <laughs> So, uh, thank you for being here with us. If you enjoyed any of this, please leave us a review at wherever you downloaded this. And as always, say good night. David. Good night.
David. All along that time, buddy. A little long. That's okay. We forgive you this week. Uh, Whatever. Whatever. You get your math all screwed up again. (laughs) It's that new math. Yeah. Say bye. Bye.